going on everybody welcome back to another batman news weekly this is episode 190 in a year four and you know just to match that nine zero at the end of 190 we are going to be starting off with batman 900 this is a legacy issue it is technically in chip sadarsky's run or in the current batman it is batman 135 and holy shit do we have a lot to talk about now i do want to come at this from an objective perspective even though i'm not a fan of zadarsky i'm not a fan but we have had some discussions already in the discord of people that have liked an aspect of this book and when i read this book originally i expected people were gonna love this part my problem is the fucking story that is my problem yeah the so my problem with the idea of like uh i called it a milestone issue mm -hmm. uh, in the discord is some milestone issues such as detective 1000 action mm -hmm. 1000 um coming up is uh wonder woman i believe 900 as well probably. um superman batman think... and wonder woman are all pretty close superman's probably yeah. already happened right uh superman no uh no? has not uh well superman 900 has happened yes i believe it has mm -hmm. uh or would it be action comics 900 action comics has already had a thousand oh yeah uh, that's that's rivals detective yeah, yeah yeah uh but i i think it is uh superman is gonna be next after wonder woman mm -hmm. then it's gonna be another milestone for flash which i think is either 850 or 900 mm -hmm. um because i don't know if you remember uh near the tail end of rebirth uh tony daniels did like three uh variant covers for both for wonder woman oh, was Flash, like the concrete and numbers right and it was yeah. the concrete numbers yeah yeah uh so that can be kind of like your like start of like okay that's you know where they were now compared mm -hmm. to like where they were and compared to now you can kind of tell by the uh number of issues okay you know this milestone is coming up yeah um but with those milestones a lot of the times they are treated either like an anthology issue mm -hmm. where several people will write stories and just be like hey these are just mini stories telling about this character and why we as the fans love reading them okay i'm okay with reading that because you have not only uh variety but you have, uh, well, I, I, I guess that's the main thing is variety. You have a large amount of creators mm -hmm. and a large amount of different types of the same character. Yeah. Um, which I absolutely enjoy. Uh, then you have the almost like annual-esque type of story where it's written by the same person who's writing the main run. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of just like a, Hey, we're still treating this as a milestone, so it's not going to interrupt the story that the yeah. main writer is telling, and you get to move forward with it. And then also with the anthology stories, a lot of the time, and this has happened on both Action and Detective, the last story mm -hmm. will tell the audience and the readers, like, hey, this is where the character is moving forward in continuity. Yeah. yeah. A little tease, which I do enjoy because it gets people hyped. And then you have Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. That's like, 
hey, this is a milestone issue. I'm going to put it within my main run of continuity. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to do anything for my story or the character. Yeah. Yeah. I have been uh, saying this on Twitter. I've been saying it in the Discord that Chip Zdarsky is not writing for story. He is writing for shock value and fan service. If this was an anime, we would be losing our shit. We'd be like, oh, yeah. shit, I can't believe he did and, that. And and that's like, I think I've said it before He even here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. There is nothing wrong with fan service because no. we are fans. We liked to be serviced. Yeah. But that's not when it, it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, it comes, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to stories like this one, you need to understand that, like, for me personally, and this could be, I've I've heard several different people mm -hmm. have different views on reading comics. Yeah. Like, before you actually learn that there's an actual world or universe within comics, you're just reading comics just because, okay, that's a fun adventure, and that's mm -hmm. a fun adventure, and that's one of my favorite characters, and that's another one of my favorite characters. You're not thinking of it as, Oh, this book actually comes after this one, which before this one. And, you know, yeah. you're not connecting them. You're just mm -hmm. having fun with the character. And that is okay. That is totally fine to read it like that. Then you have the stories that we are reading that's like, hey, there's a defined timeline that starts here, ends here, and these are all the in betweens. Yeah. Chip is trying to use the defined timeline to write stories that don't matter in between them. Yeah. And it's just so confusing. Like yeah. he wants to he wants to create characters that of course are going to make him more valuable as a writer mm -hmm. because that's what publishers love. They get, you know, new readers, they get the the uh the scalpers who try to buy buy and resell comics like yeah th no matter what that is making money for the publisher that's making money for dc but for me when i'm reading this it, it has no value to me whatsoever yeah because nothing is happening to make me go this is why i love batman and like i cannot wait to see the evolution of this batman that chip has has written yeah you know, yeah, I I had to stop myself last night uh, because people are obviously sharing this on Reddit and like Batman and stuff. And I've gotten 2023 has been the the year of juice, just not not dealing with conversation. I just don't dive into them anymore because I know where they're going to go. You know what I mean? I just don't waste my time anymore. So but last night I did start typing it out. I was like, this isn't going to be nowhere because somebody asked in like somebody shared uh, uh we're gonna be talking about it later you've probably seen a lot of these things the the images are out already we were gonna do a full spoiler filled review here in a little bit but everybody's kind of see the images of like michael keaton's batman and all that kind of stuff in this comic book because everything kind of just got put into continuity well uh i think they were talking about adam west particularly in this one because we see an adam west moment in here and everybody's like oh that's kind of cool and so they were talking about this on reddit and somebody asked hey I've been curious about jumping into this run, but I don't know how I feel about it. Is it worth reading? 
And some people were like, well, if you like yada yada, like the failsafe arc was kind of cool and it was yada yada yada. This last one has been okay. The last two issues have been awesome is what some people said. And then I was just like, hmm. I was like, I can give this person some actual <laughs> insight. Uh, granted, that's very egotistical to say that. But like, I like to provide the different perspective because I kind of hate yeah. when it's like, it's fucking great. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm like, well, I could provide an opposite inter- interpretation, right? And what yeah. I was going to say was I was going to be like, depends on what kind of Batman story you want. Because that's how I'm starting to like grow as a viewer now. I'm like, okay, who is your favorite writer? That's what I like to ask people. Because yeah. if it's like you like Grant Morrison and Frank Miller, I'm like, I know what kind of books you're going to like. So like that, I can already like we're very opposite spectrums. Like we don't need a like we're going to our Batmans are going to be different. If somebody's like, I like Snyder and some of Tom King, I'm like, OK, I was like, I can we can have a conversation about a lot of stuff. We'll probably like the same type of Batman. And then if they're like, I like Tynan and, and Zdarsky, I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> um, but when it comes to this, like. I was going to tell them, I was like, if you like shock value, because there are some people that lo- like The Walking Dead, right? Like every time somebody died in The Walking Dead, people were loved it. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, you know, spoiler alert, it's been out for years. When Carl gets his eye blown out, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, shit. I didn't know that that was going to happen in the show yet because I was watching the show and reading the book at the same time. And I remember the show was literally like that week. The episode was coming out and I was reading the book one page turn and i see the eye get blown i was like no that would have been amazing on the show i was like fuck uh never read and run and, and watch at the same time but anyways so like shock value is huge we saw that in the last issue Sadarsky cut off batman's hand there's mm-hmm. nothing as we'll learn in this book means nothing uh gets yes. solved instantly but it was for shock value because that's what people are going to talk about like oh shit they cut off batman's hand like crazy moment and as we have seen since issue one, fan service. Like Chipsa Darsky is serving that shit on a silver platter. Yeah. And he's just not really doing much of the story because he's feeling he's like, oh, people love Batman. Got to be a lot of action. You know what I can do in that action? A lot of fan service. And then on top of that, shock value. And people will remember my story but he's not giving us a good story to remember. He's just giving us moments. And I think a lot of people, it's kind of like if you watch WWE, they go off of moments and not necessarily a good story. And I think that's my biggest problem with Zdarsky. I don't have a problem with the fan service that happens in this book. I think had I hadn't read anything prior with Zdarsky, like I would have probably thought this was cool, but I already know that the story has been garbage in my opinion. And so that's what I was going to tell this person. And I was like, there's no point. Like, why even post this? I'm not even going to post it. So I didn't post it. But that's just kind of how I see it. I think it's come down to, we're what, 10 issues into Zdarsky's run now? Almost a year, if I'm not mistaken? Or maybe it is already over a year. Um. Oh, shit. He started on what, 20, 125? So literally 10 months. It was It was June of last year. Okay, so we're heading into it. So yeah, we're heading into a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's what I would have to say. I think 10, 10 issues is a good barometer to see if something's good. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. 10 issues. And um, that's almost a year's worth of content. And I just don't think the story has been good. Um, a lot of moments that you will talk about for sure. And we have on this podcast, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's a good story. 
And so let's just dive into it. Uh, and we'll we'll hit every beat by beat because this is the only book of the week. If you're curious on why we're starting with a you know this milestone issue, it's the only book we're reviewing this week. I believe the end of um, Deadly Duos or whatever is ending this week mm-hmm. as well. Um, we dropped that like at issue three. So. Yeah, that was just not something we cared about. I think Harley and Joker get married in that book though. Uh, yeah, I skimmed what? through it. Yeah, I think they get like engaged or something like that. If I could be wrong. But I, I want to say that Harley had like a ring on her finger or something like that, which I was just like, huh? Okay, whatever. Um, but anyways, let's dive into this. So we know from the last issue, uh, Batman got his hand chopped off. And Clay, you told me, because I had read this before, Clay, and I was like, you need to read the book. You just need to read it. And I tell that to Clay every time I read a Batman book, though. <laughs> so like, uh, he's probably like, all right, whatever, bro. But you said you hated it after the last panel of the first page. So like, what happened? Yeah, so <clears throat> going back to the first page, um, the yeah. uh, the I just j- just the the inner monologue, and now I need electrotherapy. Yeah, like and then like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, there's some things like I don't know if this was supposed to sound cool in mm. Chip's head or like in reading in, of course, there's a lot of people that still give uh, even the Batman in comics, Kevin Conroy's voice. Yeah. It's just like, I, I, there's no way that sounds badass to mm. me. And it's just like, okay, whatever. But uh, like this whole thing with uh, still like, the red mask and this other version of punchline like this still gave me no reason to care about these characters yeah we see a moment here where like this alfred this world's alfred is like starting to finally get a conscience mm-hmm. and like oh i need to save the city because that's what batman would do and blah 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 blah. trying to set, uh, save leslie as well yeah uh like then the idea that you brought up mm-hmm. your your biggest hang up uh on this first half of the book yeah is now i'm i'm not sure if a lot of people caught it because i haven't seen I haven't anybody talk anybody about talk it. about it yeah i agree i agree i'm like and i wanted to say that on reddit too i'm like uh how are y'all praising this book when they tried to change i'm assuming we're talking about the changing of a character yes, yes. so the idea so We've talked about this plenty of times, not only in just regular conversation throughout these comics, but our viewer questions, people have brought this up. Mm -hmm. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Which came first, the villains or Batman? We've learned through Tynan's run, Mm -hmm. which which came first, right? We, Mm -hmm. We learned that there was a organization that, uh, 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 I owe it the designer, like, Mm -hmm basically gave birth to a lot of these villains and here we are told by chip oh the joker was created from red mask yeah how so so give me your first reaction to this because you told me to read this book Mm -hmm. and when i finally read it this was the first critique that you gave. Yep. But I, I want to know, like, what was inside Juice's head the moment you read that? Oh, I wanted to go to a mountaintop and say, Fox Sadarsky! <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Because this is my biggest pet peeve. I so what we learn is, and uh, he did it so like, oh my god! I wish he would have read the clay Facebook to find out how you do like homages well, mm-hmm. because that clay Facebook is. I think I could honestly say probably going to make our top ten of twenty twenty three. Probably, you know, so good. And Zadarsky, what he did was he took the iconic, you know, uh, helmet taking off of and Joker seeing his self in a puddle in The Killing Joke, the most iconic Joker book ever. And he tried to change it to the point where the Joker sees red mask in the puddle. And that's what makes him go crazy. Yeah. So it's like this weird... And I'm going to make this reference, but like mm. I've never seen the show. So people correct me if, if this is the wrong kind of reference. Almost like a Black Mirror moment where, yeah. where you're seeing the POV mm-hmm. of the killing joke Joker. Yeah. But it's supposed to be Red Mask. Like the consciousness of Red Mask went inside of the killing joke Joker. Yeah. But the killing joke Joker is still in there also and so they're having like a one-sided almost conversation to each other in this puddle for a split yeah. moment um and then we see uh red mask gets like disconnected from the machine that he's like connected to and like this is what brings the most fear out of red mask he's like mm-hmm. holy shit like i finally found it like yeah batman like i finally realize like this is how everything comes together type of moment. He has like his aha moment. Yeah. Um, also, it sucks. I absolutely hate this. The fact that Chip has such good artists mm-hmm. on his freaking books. Now, again, it's a milestone issue. So, you know, you're probably going to get different variations of art. But yeah. from the moment it changes to uh, from, I believe, this this new artist. Uh, mm. That we have not really been loving for this, yeah. uh, for this arc. I forget their name. And then, yeah. and then it immediately changes to Michaela Janin. Mm-hmm. I was like, this. Mike Hawthorne. Hawthorne, yes, yeah. It goes from Hawthorne to Janin, and yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I probably would have loved this arc a little bit more mm-hmm. if it was always janet on this art yeah because even this like gas mask selena yeah looks great looks really good yeah i i really love this the new design for uh firefly on the next page with janet is also looking really good like the art is great like i want to go ahead and give kudos to of course the people who deserve it yeah and then we again move back to this idea like he he red mask goes back onto the machine and there's actually a full-blown conversation between uh joker and red mask mm-hmm. uh again they did not solidify and explain enough the idea of joker or sorry red mask mm-hmm. and the speedster powers there's yeah. like no correlation to the story but a boom he just has it yeah like it, it does it still doesn't make sense to me yeah you know multiverse like <laughs> that's just kind of what they're going on so yeah uh there's this moment by the way we're not really even delving on what's happening in the city in this book because it doesn't matter 
Like it's yeah, it's it like really Firefly doesn't. shows up to protect the people from the man bats. Like it it's Selena. It, nothing's happening. Like it's just really just like it's a chaos moment, and that's yeah, it. it he, he, Chip is throwing chaos into the city mm-hmm. to make the reader feel like there are stakes. Yeah, in this story. But Batman is saying, F all of that. I need to take care of this Red Mask character. Yeah. And yeah, he's like giving pointers and, and like talking to Jewel and Catwoman like via comms or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's not where the story is. Like you, you can almost take that completely out. Take yeah. the panels that just has the Batman and the Red Mask story. Mm-hmm. And I think it might have helped a little bit. Yeah. To make yeah, it a little you, bit, you don't care about anything else. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't even care about the Joker Batman stuff. Like, so true. But know? I'm saying for a consistent story. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, again, I think he just relies on the action and chaos, right? Because he's not able to tell a solid story. Um, but yeah, then as you said, Red Mask goes back to the machine and he freaks out, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I can't be the Joker because I create him," and I'm just like fuck you like fuck you because here's my thing i respect and understand the decision that everybody would love absolutely love because i would love to do the same thing to leave their mark on an iconic character like batman right that's 80 years i think something like alan moore you know granted what happens in the world in in 100 years 200 years or whatever I think Alan Moore's Joker is going to withstand the test of time because everybody knows that's an iconic fucking Joker. And maybe Scott Snyder's Batman will last the test of time. You know what I mean? I have said, I think over time, people will begin to appreciate Tom King's story because it's in in 80 years, he did something that not a lot of other people did, right? He brought more humanity to Batman. He did different things. And I think people are just like really upset about certain things about that run. But I think he did something that a lot of people haven't done. And I think it's better to be, um, what is it? What's the word? It's not impulsive. Um, it's like, you know, it's like shocking, but not, I don't, I don't know the exact word that I'm looking for. But he was, he's essentially his thing was like, um, fuck, it's a word they use all the time. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. He's basically, his, his thing was shocking. But there's a better word for it. Um, furious? In, infamous? I don't think infamous is the right word, but something along those lines. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how it goes. But, and I think that's what Zadarsky is trying to do here, but I think you said it best, Clay. Zadarsky is writing these characters like he created them. Because to disrespect 80 years of the Joker and think you are good enough to say I'm going to create a character that created the craziness of that character. That is some egotistical ballsy shit. Like, I think that's crazy. Now for us, we've talked about how, uh, you can add something to a story. Yeah. Like a, a, a small key element to a story that gives audiences and readers that full circle moment. You're like, Oh, it's all connected. Holy shit. You know, it's 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 like the butterfly effect. Yeah. But in a comic form, you write something that was placed in a some part of history in comic book universe. Mm-hmm. And then later down the road, you realize, 
oh snap that's because of what happened in this other issue right yeah that stuff is cool i really appreciate it when writers do that because they can see these small little openings of like hey you could place that here mm-hmm. you could place that there you do this and it all makes sense for chip to do this like i you already created your own joker yeah. the red mask that's all you needed to do mm-hmm. right but to give him the ability or the destiny to create not just the joker yeah he then claims to batman oh my destiny is to create jokers yeah and that's how the rest of this book moves forward Mm -hmm. he goes into this portal that is designed to make him or help him jump through the multiverse batman goes after him and we'll talk a little bit about what happens before that because he does have like a little bit of a nice moment with alfred and all of that but the idea is that Batman is trying to follow the breadcrumbs of Red Mask into the multiverse to yeah. f- to stop him. And then you realize that every other Joker within the multiverse, you can think of any of them, was created because of Red Mask. Yeah. I, um, I don't like it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It's, it's also a little convoluted. Mm-hmm. Just because of like like yeah like we're big fans of doctor who Mm -hmm. like timey wimey stuff is very hard to get your head around sometimes yeah but i just hate the idea of like you're stating that the new earth that chip created Mm -hmm. not only is a different earth but is set at a time before all earths to create all the other jokers yeah yeah that that uh, why overcomplicate things man like i don't know man i don't i don't know what he's doing i will say the crazy thing is because i i said we've had the discussion a lot inside of discord of like is chip sadarsky 100 in creative control i don't think so i don't think anybody ever is when it comes to batman i think dc will be like hey we kind of want this and somebody asked, and you're going to have to actually fill this in uh, when we, I guess, get to that spot. People asked in the Discord, I think it was Raphael, like, do you think DC wanted them to do the No Way Home ending? I never saw that movie, so I won't understand that reference. But I, I think I assumed correctly um, with, the, with the ending on how this book ends. But uh, my thing is, I'm like, no, that was probably Chip. I was all, but what I think DC wanted was all of the Batmans to be in this book. And then D, then Chip went and wrote like how well, to make well, that happen. Because here's the, here's the thing. Like in, as I said, at the very beginning of this conversation, when talking about milestone issues, there's a lot of times where you treat them as anthology books and yeah. you'll see like the 1940s Batman, you'll yeah. see the 1980s Batman, you'll get an homage to Batman beyond in the future. Right. And so you get all different types of Batman along with the different perspectives of the writers writing them. Mm -hmm. But like, I want to know, did Chip have like a veto of like, nobody's writing this book except for me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Because if know. that's the I I would have much rather had a nine hundred mm-hmm. with multiple writers and different types of stories to get those different versions of Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mind what he did. This should have been an annual 100%. Yes. Um because it's it's I have the same perspective of Nightwing 48. It was just so out of place. I'm like wh- why do an imp or magical what are they called? Imagical imps or whatever they're called. Um uh like why do those? Like I, I that was so weird. And granted, I don't I don't think I've really recovered from that on Nightwing. I feel like Nightwing's been going downhill since then. But yeah. um yeah, this just felt really weird. So let's just keep going with with the issue of it cuz I do there's there's still so many more problems besides that that is my <laughs> biggest critique of it though is him just having the audacity to try and say that his character created all the jokers. So anything you think, anything you've lo- loved from writers previous, his Joker created all those. I think that's just fucking outlandish. So anyways, hated that. And it's I'm so surprised people haven't talked about that. Also, I always do this, Clay. I've, I've mentioned this a million times. When I read something in these current Batman books, I'm just like, how do I retcon that in the future if I write my stuff? I think this is one situation where you cannot reference red mask because you give validity to red mask yeah so you just have to forget it like because yeah, i can't do a joke of like some random hobo on the side of the street and be like i created the joker you know what i mean because then it's like oh that's actually probably the real red mask and he's just old and crazy you yeah. know you can't do that you have to just ignore this going forward and and it's gonna be a little bit harder compared to um, one very important detail that mm-hmm. Chip does in this book in regards to Batman's missing hand, yeah. um, which I I think you can't ignore, mm-hmm. unfortunately, when it comes to this. Uh, the really big thing, uh, as we stated before, Batman goes through this portal. The very first place that he ends up stopping, he turns around. There's a big jumbo screen. And you see Jack Nicholson's Joker. Oh, well, let's talk about the Alfred stuff first. Oh, the Alfred stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's go ahead and go because there. they try. I I didn't give a shit about this. I I see where Chip was going, yeah. but again, there wasn't enough time for me to care about the city and the characters. Yeah, when Chip didn't care about the city or the characters. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there there just wasn't. And don't get me wrong. I don't want there to be like a 12 issue arc solely on this world. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that would have been like, I would be pulling my hair out. Yeah. But like there needed to be something more or even probably something less mm-hmm. to get me to care about this Alfred and how it's going to relate to our Bruce. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There should have been a whole, so the thing is, is one thing Zadarsky doesn't do is he doesn't do issues that will focus on one character to tell the story. Mm. Uh, I think Tom Taylor does that really well. I think uh, uh, Tom King does that really well. And even Snyder, not Snyder, um, fucking Jeff Johns can do that really well as well. 
Yeah. And they they take one issue and they're like, all right, all the details people need to know about this character are going to be in this one issue. And going forward, I can have just little snippets and people will understand this character. Yeah. Where Zadarsky is just like, everybody knows Alfred. So Alfred loves Bruce. Like they got a connection no matter through the whole multiverse. Also, how do you feel? Because we're going to read this moment in, in the future. This idea that every Batman can sense the real Batman in throughout the multiverse. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Like I I understand multiverse energy. Yeah. Like it has there has been enough crises mm-hmm. and enough technical comic book jargon to get me to understand the idea of multiverse energy. Yeah. That that I can wrap my head around that. But just be like, "Oh, I knew that there was another Batman here." because yeah. I can sense him. Like Batman doesn't have the ability to sense he he doesn't have a sixth sense, you know. Yeah. Uh yeah. to give like just comic book characters a sixth sense around multiversal energy is weird. Mm-hmm. Like again, you give one character that trait of like, "Oh, I can find and I can detect multiversal energy." Yeah. Cool. I understand that character. But when you tell me, oh, Batman from Batman Earth 789 or Mm -hmm. or Earth 789 Batman can immediately detect when there's another Batman on his on his world because he can sense him. Yeah. No, that's stupid. Yeah, I think it's pretty dumb. Anyway, so essentially what the conversation boils down to between Bruce and Alfred is all like, hey, we basically love each other, but like your Alfred's dead, isn't he? Like the way my Bruce is dead on this planet. And they're like, I can't leave this planet. I can't go with you. And you can't stay here because we both got families and people we need to take care of. And that's what it is. They hug it out and they leave. That's essentially all it is. Also, and Punchline just gives up the Joker immediately. um, Yeah. Because Batman's like, I know you love him. So tell me where he's at so I could save him. And she's like, okay, he's here at this location with these coordinates. Like, okay. (laughs) Um, And then Selina, which... I don't, obviously, they're not going to go back to this universe. I hope they don't. But this Selena pushes Bruce into the portal because he's like, You're not my Selena. And she's like, Yeah, I don't like listening to people. And she essentially shoves and she's like, I have my own shit I want to do here. So she's going to be the kingpin of that Gotham essentially now. Um, But then we know we're going to get Miracle Molly Catwoman pretty soon. And I'm pretty sure they're different characters. So Bruce is going to leave a universe where a Catwoman didn't want anything to do with him to go back to a universe where a Catwoman killed for him because she loves him so much, but now is going to hate him is what yeah. I'm assuming. It's fucking so convoluted. Yeah. Um, so Bruce, yes, as you were saying earlier, we go to uh, this new universe that has Joker on this Titan Tron and it is Jack Nicholson's Joker. And we see Michael Keaton's Batman and all of these pre dude. I can't believe they released every single preview page essentially. Of all of these characters. Yeah, it, it's pretty wild. Uh, they, I guess, usually, when you look mm. at preview pages, they usually give you three to four pages. Yeah. Of, uh, well, actually, no, no, no. So what they usually do, they give you five pages. They give you two variants, like the, the main cover, the variant cover, and then three pages of the opening of the book. That's yeah. usually what they give you in preview pages. This gave you so much. 
mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, I understand that you're trying to get people hyped, but like, there's still like a lot of people that want to be surprised when they open these books, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like that's, that's my thing. Um, but when he goes, so uh, you were saying on Reddit that like people were like, Oh my God, they introduced Keaton's Batman. Like technically, technically um, I believe it was Dan Jurgens who did it first or mm-hmm. Tom Taylor. I can't remember who it was. Uh, there was a, cause I think it was during the dark crisis books mm-hmm. where Wally or Barry was running through the multiverse and they, uh, they said that both uh, uh, Dark Knights of Steel and the movie universes were part of the multiverse. Yeah. And it it gave validity to the Earth is called Earth 789. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's called that is 79 for the first Superman movie mm-hmm. and then 89 for Batman 89. Mm. Um, so it was already put into continuity. This yeah. isn't Chip's creation or anything. He didn't put this in there. But because of the popularity of Keaton and the resurgence of the popularity of Keaton being in the Flash movie, yeah. like it's only like, okay, yeah, he had to be in this book. Yeah. Um, I like how, because I am pretty sure this is Jimenez. Mm-hmm. I like how yeah. Jimenez drew Keaton. I'll be yeah, honest. No, it looks great. I mean, I don't think in these next few pages, a lot of the art is not to be complained about because it's like humane is pretty much all of it or like a lot of Janin here and there too. Um, but even, and even if it is uh, Matthew Hawthorne or Matt Hawthorne, whatever his name is, um, it, depending on if he's mixed in there, some of this artwork works. Like his artwork can work with the old like 80s books can be really fit into that, right? Because yeah. we have like, this one I don't, remember i don't think there was a joker but like after so batman what viewers and listeners should know is batman's constantly getting teleported out of these worlds because he's trying to chase after after red mask and he's just basically like uh instant transmissioning is what it seems like into these new worlds the next one he shows up to there's a vampire joker and batman gets saved before getting bitten he gets saved by what i would assume is um oh my god uh gotham by gaslight right that's the one it looks like now let let me let me look here uh no so uh he gets the last panel of the joker vampire Mm -hmm. you see the red streak he's actually being thrown into another earth so batman doesn't save him he only sees joker on that earth um and i just looked it up this is from planet uh, or Earth for three, and mm-hmm. it is from the book called Batman Bloodstorm, which was uh, released in January of 1995. Uh, so I you don't s- you don't see the Batman of this Earth. He gets mm-hmm. sucked into the multiverse stream to be pulled into another Earth. That Earth being Gotham okay. by Gaslight. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then yeah, and then every panel after this is just different Batman fighting different jokers we see the animated series version which that was really cool mm-hmm. um there's this red one at the very bottom is that supposed to be the batman that's what some people were saying um because you I... know he uses the red 
and there's like, like a lot of that red undertones a, a lot of the lighting and yeah. stuff uh well it says uh joker had died he returned to the grave caused i don't know i guess it might be i yeah. i want to see because i haven't looked this up yet mm-hmm. i am pretty sure there is either somewhere on reddit or somewhere on cbr or mm-hmm. somewhere that's like Every Easter egg in Batman 900. Yeah, and, CBR you know, will have that eventually. So I, I, I want to see if there's confirmation of this mm-hmm. or if there's enough evidence to show, hey, this is the Batman. Yeah. A quick side note. I saw this on Twitter. I saw somebody break down the deleted scene from Joker and Batman in the Pattinson, and they said it was the greatest interaction between Batman and Joker ever. I I don't okay yeah I was just like <laughs> if you ever question oh juice why don't you have conversations with everybody I'm like because those are the people that I have conversations with like <laughs> you don't know the fucking characters if you think that is the greatest interaction it wasn't even good enough to make the fucking movie like like <laughs> god um but anyways so we go this I will have to say out of all of the things I saw this was probably the most hype when I saw it, when he gets transported to the Arkham Knight, essentially Batman or Arkham yeah. Asylum, whatever the video game yeah. version of Batman, I thought that was really cool. I was like, "Damn, he looks badass!" Yeah. So and the only indication that this is Arkham Asylum Batman mm-hmm. is the giant ass gauntlets that are yeah. on his arms. Like, like you could probably tell by the cowl or whatever, but mm-hmm. like. There is no other outside indication in the background or anything else. I think only fans of that video game would know, like, seeing him being like, yeah. oh, shit, that's Arkham Asylum Batman. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love how there's so many Kevin Conroy Batmans in this, though. Respect to Kevin Conroy. <laughs> He's the GOAT. Um, But, yeah, so, like, and then essentially that's what keeps happening. Like, next we go to the Batman Beyond universe, which I think is really cool. So, uh bruce meets himself again for the like i feel like they've met so many times he meets his old version of himself we see terry mcginnis um we see old bruce showing this bruce like oh yeah like red mask we're we're following him i knew you would understand yada yada and he gets his first item because that's what starts happening throughout as he starts jumping through these universes and he's meeting these batmen he starts collecting items and this old old bruce gives him a teleporter that'll take him back to his universe. And yeah. we we find out why that'll be important later in the book. And so he jumps and like, you know, Red Mask, we see that joke, the crazy Joker from Batman Beyond, which if anybody's ever seen, it's an, is it an episode or a movie? It's a movie. Okay. Uh, it's the return of Joker. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that, go watch it. It's got a, it's got one of probably the most talked about Tim Drake moments ever. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude. It is, it is intense. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So um, there's that. And then we get like another montage of Batman trying to chase after Red Mask with Robin. Then there's this other random. Oh, wait, but that's Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. So he goes back to Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, he's uh, fighting which two is... Jokers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we have, you know, I mean, it's it's not Kevin Conroy, but since I saw Kevin Conroy do the live action version of it, I consider it Kevin Conroy now. Which the, is, uh, 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 the uh, Kingdom Come, yeah, uh, Batman, and then we see the Injustice Batman, yeah. Uh, which it's crazy how they make they can always make that Batman look so bad. I don't know. Okay, so I will say this: this art for 
Injustice Batman mm-hmm. looks good. Really? Go look at- I think it looks good compared to what we shared yesterday when we were joking around. Yes, <laughs> yes, there are two. I still and think it I'll, looks bad. I'll actually show. Uh, I'll share both of those images in the Discord after yeah. uh, this podcast. Um, but they're like the interior art for the Injustice comic. Mm. Um, there are two scenes in particular that just do him dirty, and they're yeah. bad. But look at the cover of the new Superman issue, Superman: The Adventures of John Kent where it shows Injustice Superman, John Kent, and Injustice Batman. I think he looks good in there, too. You'll have to show me that one. I don't think this looks good because he looks like it gives me I can't draw feet guy, uh, Captain America. (laughs) It gives me that vibe. Because the chest is really wide, and his his biceps are huge. Biceps, I, I will say this. It makes his face look really long. Yeah. Because he has, like, the... Like, um, I want to say Green Goblin cheekbones. Yeah, it, it sucks in his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it just looks weird. I mean, it might be the angle, but I want to see this one you think is good on the Superman book. But anyways, so Batman keeps jumping through until he finally gets to Earth. Well, I, I want to say Earth 66. Is, is that probably the number for it? But he gets to... Um, I believe so. Yeah, he yeah. gets to Batman 66 Earth. And it's Adam West. I love that they gave him pretty much a three-fourths of the page. And like, he's like, oh, hey, chum, every Batman needs a utility belt. And like, so Batman gets his utility belt from 66, which I think that was fucking awesome. Then he goes to Frank Miller's Batman's world. This is the Dark Knight Returns. That Batman starts beating his ass, of course. And then he's all like, wait, I can sense a Batman. I knew you were a Batman. Like we're mentally linked or whatever, which I think is just fucking dumb. But it's what happens. And then... I just want to say, I fucking called this, Clay. He was going to get a hand. He Star wars it. Yeah, and- but we both said, oh, it's probably going to get fixed next issue. Like, yeah, it's not going to uh, care. Yeah. But what happens later on is what exactly I called. Because I said he's going to get a magic hand that does shit. And that hand does shit oh, later on true. and saves yeah, his yeah, life. Yeah. So he gets a metal, like a metal black, basically Luke Skywalker. It's just a black hand, like mechanical hand instead of getting the skin cut up, put on it. Right. Which is yeah. probably what they're going to do on Gotham. Somehow he's going to get a skin hand because again, the question is how does Bruce Wayne explain losing his hand? Yeah. Like, is he always going to wear gloves? Like you, you have to explain that. And that's something Zadarsky probably didn't think about. Um, uh, he also gets a suit. Besides a new hand, he gets a Dark Knight suit. So yeah. now he has the massive logo across his chest. And we find Red Mask is in a pocket universe now. And it's just got, like, remnants of Gotham. And it's got a flying Joker shark. And, like, and that's, the, that's, that's the Joker that he created. Yeah. Yeah. So really shitty, really dumb. And um, this shark is eating this Gotham up. And, of course, Batman's fighting the shark in floating space and whatever. He's like, I hope this utility belt's got strong wire. And he's using all of these things. He's falling down because the shark knocks him off. And his hands have spider fucking senses and can, like, retract. And he's basically Spider-Man now. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Because they have this up-close shot. Of these little, it's it's basically Tober Maguire Spider Man moment where he sees all the little pricklies on his hand and he's yeah. all like, oh wow, and then he starts crawling up the fucking mountain. 
That's what he does here to save himself from going into fucking Joker jaws. And of course, and, and I before you go uh -huh. to that point, for people who are like, oh no, it's the glove, it's the Batman's glove that does it. Batman even says, nowhere to grab. Here's hoping the hands features yeah. work. And yeah. then it shows the little spike pringly things grabbing onto the wall. Yeah. Because he's gonna shoot batterings out of it, Clay. It's gonna happen. <laughs> he's gonna shoot baby batterings out of it. I'm calling it. Um, and then the next thing. He pulls out shark repellent and he's like, man, 66. You know, he doesn't say 66. He's like, God, oh, this Batman is more prepared than I am. And uh, he beats the shark with shark repellent. And then he knocks out a speedster. I want to point that out. A speedster joker with one hit and it's just over. Now, again, people are going to argue, but yes, it is true. There is a moment in the very beginning where his energy is gone. He spent all of his multiversal speedster energy. Ah, uh, okay. I yeah. didn't care enough at that point to pick yeah. up on that little moment, so I stand corrected. But he does get knocked out in one moment, which that's probably the most Jokerish thing that Red Mask has done. Is yeah. get knocked out in one punch. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with Batman being like, "Oh, I can't, you know, I could uh, this teleporting device that I got from freaking old man Batman." only sends one of us to his universe. Like I can't leave him out here by himself. And, but then that means I can't go home. And then out of nowhere, this angel shows up and he's like, and there's this, there's like this inner dialogue of like, Oh man, I know I'm getting old. Maybe Batman doesn't always win. And that's why Batman needs a Robin and fucking angel. Tim Drake shows up out of nowhere from the multiverse and uh, saves Batman. Here's the issue that I have. They wanted to tie these two stories together because, yeah. yes, at the very end of the last Tim Drake story, that was at the end of the last issue, we saw that Tim was going to all of these different Earths, yeah. meeting all of these other Batmen. I really wanted to see another backup issue mm -hmm. with Tim teaming up with these Batmen instead of just the montage. Yeah. This. Like, yes, you could say, oh, it ties together. It's all perfect. Batman is saved. Yay. It's yeah. just like, it doesn't feel like a, like, yes, you have a happy ending, mm -hmm. but it does. It, it just doesn't feel like amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's I, also... I feel like there needed something more there. I agree. It's On also... Tim's part. Yeah, because there was just too much Batman here. <laughs> yeah. Well, what also sucks is, as we've done in the past, there's a lot of people that don't read the backups. Yeah. So if that again, that should have happened in story, but he wanted to do his own thing. Wanted again, you could have had one issue of Tim Drake doing everything in in this story, right? Like one issue could have just been Tim Drake going through the multiverse, telling that whole story. It didn't need to be a backup, but. It is what it is. They want to do that for some reason. Um, and yeah. Juice. So, oh, I just want to. I, I want to talk about this last page. Because I hate this it, last page. it scares me. Mm -hmm. Because we have learned that one of the main reasons why. In the beginning yeah. of this of this whole thing with Chip Zdarsky, that Zurin Ra was created because. Batman was compromised mm -hmm. and you know 
Batman just didn't have the guts to do the things that he needed to do to be able to save Gotham. Yeah. What this last page is implying. And -hmm. guys, this last page has a Zurin raw version for every single Batman that we met in this book. Keaton, your freaking animated series, vampire, freaking Adam uh, West, Miller, Adam West, Batman beyond everybody. Everybody, but this is implying that due to the creation of Joker in all of the other Earths, then Zurin Raw is then created. Yeah. So if people dig close enough, people can now say that Chip Sardarsi created Zurin Raw. Yeah. I fucking hate Zurin Raw. I've never really said that. I don't think. Maybe I've said it on the podcast before, but. I think the character's fucking dumb. Uh, I think the costume is dumb. Uh, I don't. I don't know why people love it so much. Maybe because it's so. Because it's Grant Morrison, right? It's, it's so wacky. The hardest fucking hard on for Grant Morrison. Like I've seen Scott Snyder and Tim uh, and Tom King like pay homage to other writers before, but holy shit, I have not seen somebody in ten issues ride grant morrison's dick so hard because holy crap well i i want to i want to be complete perfectly honest with you so mm-hmm. um people are not gonna be able to see this uh but i am sharing my screen with you juice mm-hmm. um when it comes to the costume of zern raw yeah there's certain like ideas or pictures in people's head when they think about the character mm-hmm. this photo right here uh yeah Tony Daniels, mm-hmm. I think, is one iconic photo of Zuren Ra. And people who probably know which one I'm talking about, it's him grabbing his purple cape, putting it up into the sky, and you see, of course, Batmite over the shoulder. I think this is one of the most iconic pictures of Zuren Ra that people love. And so, yeah, this was Tony Daniels' like freaking prime. This looks amazing. Yeah. But I also think... Uh, I don't know the art on this one Mm -hmm. um it kind of has almost the like uh i guess days of future past like esque like stance Mm -hmm. for batman uh let me actually click here on the wikipedia because it will say uh illustrated again by tony daniels this is a tony daniels uh art piece yeah uh from batman 679 like I, I think that it's just people like where they are created or when they are created more mm. so than like the idea of him coming back. Like people yeah. love the the nostalgia of like somebody that they witnessed. Like because mm. we've we've witnessed a whole bunch of new characters come into comics, and I think a resurgence of those characters can sometimes be really badass, really cool, or kind of lackluster. Yeah. When they are pulled off really well, you're like, oh shit, it's that one character from that one time. That's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to Zurin Raw, I think Chip could have had something. Mm-hmm. But with the idea of failsafe being really flat for us, mm-hmm. it didn't hit properly. Yeah. Also, in the backups, he tried to change, or he did change Zaren Ra's origin as well. Like, he showed how he was created. Like, again, another thing that he's like, oh yeah, I created this character. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think newer readers who haven't read Morrison stuff would probably think Chip created this character. So probably. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I just got to say, like, balls on you, Chip, for writing in this way. Um, cause it's not good, but like <laughs> shock and all, man, shock and all wins people over. Um, and I think that's what like a lot of, that's how a lot of action movies get through things, right? Let's, let's just do some cool action. Nobody's going to give a shit about the story. Fast and furious. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. People go to see the ridiculousness of that movie. If you're going for oh. the story, like your, your standards are very low. Because the stories are the most generic fucking stories ever. Bad guy shows up. Good guys got to take them out. Cars go vroom, vroom. Like, that's all it is. Um, and spaceships. Uh, but, like, it's just ridiculous. All in all, man, like, where do we go from here? Now he's going to have an event between Catwoman and Batman. You know he's going to now create Catwoman somehow. And he's going to, I would not put it past him to get them to be married at the end of the fight wouldn't put it past him <laughs> what I would just, you say to that what would you say to that I, it, it's gonna be bad i'd be like yeah it's cool they're together but the fucking way we got there was complete trash but what if what if he, what if he good what if he gives you your damien catwoman moment i'd be pissed because that's my damien catwoman moment like i'm gonna write that <laughs> i want to write that uh i'd be so pissed um i just i don't care man um zadarsky the only the only reason why i want zadarsky to stay on and granted i don't even need zadarsky if if dc were to keep this a monthly book is the longer zadarsky stays on the more years i have to try to break into the industry so i can write on batman 1000 because i got 100 issues now and that is what fucking like eight years from now if it stays monthly yeah and if they were to go by if it were to go bi-weekly that's like what like four years which so if it goes back to the way tom king was writing it i got four years and that's whew, that's tough <laughs> but zadarsky stays on for a couple more years or something like that then i got i got a lot of time yeah. so um but yeah it's just some crazy shit man i am not a fan of this i understand and that's one thing i want to point out like i'm not hating on the the actual like fan service of it i think that's cool i think you know every once in a while that is fine i think again should have been done in an annual but for the most part, I just I don't think Zadarsky's story is good. And it's so weird that I never thought anything could get worse than Tynan. And Zadarsky was like, hold my beer. And I, I just I don't know, man. It's, I don't I don't miss Tynan, but at least Tynan's book was always pretty, <laughs> you know? And the thing the thing with Chip Zadarsky, like there I think like Tynan. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of potential, yeah. Because Tynan's indie stuff, people go crazy over. Yeah, it was good. And you even, and you read it yourself. Freaking, uh, something's killing the children. Mm-hmm. I haven't read is that is a massive like people see that as like a new way to create comics. Yeah, and it's 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 from Boom Studios. I recommend anybody read it. It's great. Chip Zdarsky, he did a whole bunch of stuff at Marvel, but he's also done indie work. He mm. uh, sex criminals. I, yeah. I think Juice, honestly, crazy enough. I think you would actually like sex criminals. I own sex criminals, so I actually it had sex on it, so I bought it. 
Um, so like I actually, when I was cleaning out all my comics recently, so there is two different books that I would get confused on. Cause there is a book called sex and there's a book called sex criminals. Yes. And like, they're both, I guess, kind of goofy at times. Mm-hmm. So like, I kind of thought they were the same thing. So I have both of these random series, but I think I have more of sex criminals. And so like, I, I don't ever think I sat down and read all of them. Cause I don't know if I had them in order and I was trying to collect them. So I have a few of them, but I, I said, Zdarsky's a good writer. He's a bad Batman writer. And yeah. I've said that many a times. Tynan, great writer, bad Batman writer. Cause we, we even liked the Tim Drake story in the backup. Yeah. 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 That's what should have been being written. Catwoman was trash though. The Catwoman story was yeah. trash. Cause where did it go? What, what, where did it go? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor, another great writer that I enjoy. Hate is Batman. Like some people are just not good Batman writers and that's okay. That's okay. There's some people that can't write horror stories, right? And there's some people that can yeah. write great horror stories. Not everybody can write anime, but some people can write comics. Like, I think that if you were to take an anime writer and try to have them do comics, I don't think it translates that well. Like, I don't know if they could write it as well because they don't get the, the inner monologues down as much. It's a little different when it comes to anime. I think they're, they're both great mediums, but they are different. Uh, like yeah. right now, we're going to be talking about the writer's strike here in a little bit. But uh, uh, the thing right now is apparently a lot of people are saying like, yo, ar- comic artists, if you ever want to work in Hollywood, do not write or draw for these studios right now because you're going to be blacklisted. But I also, because Babs Tar is kind of retweeting a lot of this stuff because I follow her. Yeah. And somebody, she also retweeted somebody saying like, hey, um, you know, because some people are like, oh, is chat GBT and all this kind of stuff going to beat out comic writers or going to take over comic writers? Like uh, Hollywood, any Hollywood people that want to do comics, like don't think that you can just, it's like writing a script because it's not. And somebody was talking about how they're like, I actually tried to write some comic books and that medium is so different from writing movies. Like people don't understand. It. It's not just writing storyboards. You know what I mean? Like it's so much more to that. And I'll be true. completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to a couple friends of mine. Uh, they do a podcast uh, and they reviewed the season finale of Mandalorian season three recently. Uh-huh. Um, and their new segment is and this isn't because they are in love with AI and they want it to be replaced or whatever. They yeah. just thought it would be really funny and really silly. They asked uh, ChatGPT to write the season finale of Mando. Uh-huh. And it was off the wall fucking bonkers, stupid and silly and hilarious. Yeah. I almost wanted to use ChatGPT to rewrite issue 900 of Batman. Yeah, I mean, just it's to, possible. Just to see if it could. But then I realized when searching up chat GBT, you had to pay money for that shit. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to freaking pay like $14 a month just to look at this one thing just because I want to like throw a gimmick out there. Like, yeah. No. And like, I th- I think are, are we basically done with Batman 900? Cause, yeah, like, pretty much. I to... think. Yeah, it's kind of okay. over with. I think I've said yeah. everything I needed to say. I I just my curiosity is, you know, how are they going to answer the missing hand thing? Mm -hmm. Because, yes, he has a mechanical hand. 
but Bruce Wayne needs to have a hand. Yeah. Unless they like have him get his quote unquote hand cut off in the public eye, which would be really stupid to yeah. like, to like put out this whole plan of, okay, guys, we're going to, we have to get into a fight with somebody and my hand accidentally has to get chopped off, but it's okay. It's still mechanical. We can, you know, weld it yeah. back on or whatever, but that's going to be stupid. Um, but yeah, uh, that's one of my biggest concerns. And uh, of course, I just, I want Chip to get his head on straight for the remainder of his <laughs> writing on Batman. Yeah. Well, that probably won't happen until September at the earliest, because isn't that when Daredevil ends? But he's also writing yeah. his own book too right now. So I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, especially if that indie book's doing as well as it's people are saying it is, he's probably focused on that. He's like, oh, I could make this into a movie. Like, I'll make way more money doing that. And I think people, it's sad that people use Batman right now as just a way to boost their careers. It feels like. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it, 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 the only people that suffer are the like Batman fans, right? And some fans that love everything, they're not going to suffer. They never do. Uh, mm -hmm. I would love to live in that world. But, uh, it's just like when you are a fan of Batman and you prefer good writing along with Batman. Yeah. It just kind of sucks. You get these writers that are like, eh, I have one foot out the door already, man. I'm just doing this for a paycheck. It's like, no, that fucking sucks. Um, anyway. So yeah, let's move on from there um, to let's talk about this, this writer strike, man, because we kind of hinted at it a podcast or two ago um about the possibility that the writers might go on strike and the last time this happened we got transformers too yes so um they have officially went on strike and james gunn has already said that he is leaving superman legacy until this is over yes that's that was our way in um yeah. to talking about it and of course the biggest thing is the fact that the dcu is just getting started yeah and I think it's already going to get a hit massive delays due mm -hmm. to this writer strike. Um, I've read uh, some things and I've watched a lot of videos of people doing interviews that are on the picket fences right now. Yeah. You know, the number one question is like, how long are y'all willing to wait it out? Mm -hmm. And no one's saying, Oh, until next week. Yeah. Oh, you know, like maybe it'll be done by tomorrow. Like these people are like, Hey, we will we will ride this out until our demands are met. Yeah. Um in the Discord, I shared the demands and what was answered to those demands. Uh and Juice, they're pretty fucking wild. The yeah. the answers to these demands. Um there's some that legitimately uh were like hey we would really like this increase of pay by mm -hmm. this much and the response to that demand was we can get a meeting together to talk about that yeah it wasn't like hey we will consider that or like hey let's change it from this percentage to this percentage yeah. no their response was i think we can hold a meeting for it mm-hmm yeah, some of them were crazy. Although, do you agree with 100% of the, the things that the writers were saying? Because, like, the one that I was kind of weary about, I was like, I think, like, because I think when you come into these negotiations, and this is probably what the writers are doing, right? You shoot high, so that way you can give a little, right? Like, probably. you go a little overboard and they be like, look, we're not going to give you 10%. We'll give you 8 
and they'll be like, all right, cool, because we only won at five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's kind of yeah. what you do. You, you shoot high, so your number that you're willing to lose something for is hopefully what you get. Um, there was something along the lines of, because I, I need to pull it up, but uh, they want more writers for more episodes. And I mean, I'm not in a writer's room, so maybe my mind would change. So I'm not going to fucking die on this hill. But I feel like writers are writers, right? Like... I feel like just because there's a, you know, maybe like two to four more episodes, you don't necessarily need to bring on two more writers. Like that writer's room should just have more time to write. You know what I mean? Like I, that's how I feel because I also know that me personally, I wouldn't want to give uh, more uh, episodes so, to somebody else. So yours is the episodic television portion of the negotiations. Yeah. It says preserving the writer's room pre Pre-green light rooms have a minimum staff of six writers, including four writers on uh, writer producers. Mm -hmm. The post-green light rooms, this is what they want. One writer per episode up to six episodes, then one additional writer required for each two episodes after six up to a max of 12 writers. Yeah. Now, the example that they gave is an eight-episode requires seven writers and includes four writer-producers, and ten-episode requires eight writers with an, with an including five writer-producers. Yeah. The uh, counter to that was nothing. They, yeah, rejected, they rejected the proposal, and they refused to make a counter. Yeah. And they refused on a counter on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of yeah. the uh, proposals that were given. And there's a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So 18, almost half, almost half of the proposals, they refuse to give an answer to. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. That could just be a tactic to get them to the table. Like, I think each side has something. Because each side is not going to get exactly what they want. It's just not what's going to happen, right? I mm. do think that the studios will try AI before they make a settlement here. Which that means we're going to get some bad movies and bad shows. Now, I want to go ahead and let people know shows have already uh, been uh, cut episode count on yeah. for a lot of their stuff that are currently in production. And uh, all late night hosting shows. Uh, so the late, late show, uh, late night show, like all of those shows uh, have already voiced their... Uh, opinion and said hey we agree with the writer's strike mm -hmm. and so they have agreed to just air reruns for the remainder of the strike yeah so that's pretty wild um but the the ai thing had come up in a lot of conversation and i think i agree with you i think that uh a lot of these productions will attempt ai for their newer shows that are up and coming. 
that yeah. haven't really started production at all. I think that's what they will try to do. I think if you want, if you're willing to burn money on something like that, you just make a show that is like dealing with AI. Like that's just what you do. Like the whole show is written by AI and it's just meant to be about AI. I think you just do something like that. If you're going to blow money, you might as well. Like just fucking be meta about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, because like, oh, dude, I, I will never forget Transformers 2. It's just it's so bad. Um, yeah. And I, I just don't want that again. And especially with the DC. I'm glad James Gunn is like, hey, we're going to we're going to step back. We're not going to work. I'm like, OK, cool. I'm hoping Zaslav isn't like, well, we need fucking somebody. Get him in here. You know what well, I mean? So did you see that the number one, like, well, not number one, but like a, a big part of the argument when it comes to uh, the the money and mm-hmm. all of this is that a lot of these large CEOs to these companies get paid way too fucking much. Yeah. Zaslov's annual income for being the CEO of Discovery and Warner Brothers currently is 246.6 million dollars. God damn. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't need that much. He hasn't produced so, anything yet. I'm I'm looking at a lot of these. Uh you have uh Netflix co-CEO at 40 million. You have uh one of the other uh co-CEOs of Netflix being at 38 million, Comcast being at 30 million, uh, Fox being 31 million, Disney, Bob Iger only having 45.9 million, mm-hmm. like only. Only. Yeah. Yeah. But compared, compared to everybody to, else. Yeah. Compared to David Zaslov at like a quarter of a billion dollars. Like yeah. that's insane. Yeah, it's insane that he's making that much. But I mean, the 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 wealthy always are like ridiculously wealthy, is what they say, right? Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, I I do think AI is going to play a, a plan into uh into this, or it's going to be they're they'll try it at least. Um, because if they can somehow make it work, dude, the worst thing that they could do is to go into production with AI being the writers and the thing be a success. Because then they're going to be like, oh, we don't need these bitches anymore. I I just don't see... Because I've seen people on TikTok and mm-hmm. like I've seen like Instagram uh, reels and, and shorts on YouTube of like people trying to like write two-week notices with yeah. ChatGPT. Yeah. And like the freaking... There's so many errors in the what the actual thing comes out with. Yeah. And I'm like if people are ignorant enough to think like, Oh, we just have to p- throw in the prompt mm-hmm. and then literally just use whatever it prints out. Like that's going to be bad. Like, yeah, no, but I mean, I've been watching this YouTuber. His name is Philip DeFranco. And he constantly says, this is the worst AI will ever be. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. Because some of it's pretty good. So <laughs> like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. Um, I do think that it does. It sucks for DC right when they're about to get off the off the ground. I, I made this comment to Raphael because they were talking about um, the strike as well, I believe. And I was all DC couldn't catch a break if somebody placed it in their hand. Like, it's just because they can't. It doesn't matter what happens. Like, we're finally getting to a good point in Rider Strike. And it's like, dude. Um, so Superman was supposed to come out in what, 2025, I think? 
Yeah. So we'll be lucky if it still does. Now, granted, I think even if this lasts for 100 days, I think they can still meet that window. Because it's in January, right? Like, they would start production in January. Now, I don't know all of the technicalities of, Mm -hmm. like, what happens behind the scenes for all of this stuff. But from the last strike, people have said 100 days did push them back six months. Mm -hmm. So, like, you would be, like, barely hitting it if it lasted only 100 days. Yeah. I would just be shocked if James Gunn just isn't working on anything. Now, if if anybody wants to go out there, because there's a long list, uh, mm. there is actually a Q&A out there on Twitter uh, showing what writers are able to do and mm. what they are not able to do during oh, okay. the strike when it comes to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so if y'all are curious, y'all can just look that up um i can probably find it and put it in discord uh but yeah it it is it is wild and like my big thing was like how do these people like make their bill like pay their bills and make a living during this time you know yeah yeah i don't i have no idea man uh i think the writer for spongebob said something on on twitter and was saying uh hollywood wants us to go back to writer's room when i first started on spongebob I was working like uh, I was getting paid a day rate because apparently that's what they want. Hollywood wants a day rate. And in the first year that he worked on SpongeBob, he made $14,000. That's what he was saying he made. And living in LA, like, holy shit. Like, I'm assuming he was living in LA. Like, that sucks. Like, granted, the first season of SpongeBob was when I was a child. So, like, that was a long time ago. But still, like, that's kind of crazy. And he also said, like, we weren't I didn't know if I was going to work the next week every week. Like, it could have just been my last day because it was a day rate. Like, that's not what we want. And so, yeah, I totally understand. I think everybody wants job security, right? Like, everybody wants to know that they're going to get a next paycheck. And so I understand why they need to go on strike. And if I was in the industry, I'd probably I'd be supporting it, too. Right. Um, I would hope that I'm not, you know, one of the struggling artists at the time. Cause that's really got to suck. I guess you got to go be a waiter or something. I mean, a lot of them already were waiters before. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious. Um, Cause I do think it's, it's easy for a lot of people that have had success in Hollywood to be like, we're going on strike, but you're not like, you know, if, if a studio head comes to you and they're like, Hey, you new guy, you want to ride a fucking blockbuster movie. And it sucks <laughs> because like, that's an opportunity you probably would never get. But if you take it, you're like blacklisted from everybody else because you took that job you know what i mean and there's mm-hmm. gonna be people that do it and be like yeah fuck it like you know can you imagine how like if da- david zaslov has like a daughter or son that's been wanting to be a screenwriter he's like hey fucking write me up something and i'll pay Jesus you like ten thousand dollars or whatever he's like dad my allowance is two million dollars a month what are you talking about you know what i mean <laughs> um ten ten geez ain't shit uh but yeah i don't know i that would be it would be wild but we'll see what happens man uh it does suck I just hope it doesn't go 100 days. I hope somebody from back in the original writer strike that was 15 uh, years ago is like, yo, y'all know how much we lost last time, right? And like, it's worse <laughs> now. Like, we're going to lose badrillions upon badrillions of dollars. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i glad James Gunn is sticking to his guns, though. No pun intended. 
and being like, no, I, I support writers. And that's what we're going to do. Because he said he wants all these new movies to have heart, to have like good writing and stuff like that. And you need writers to do that, you know? So if he's got to do that. Now, I did read an article that said that Safran is going to keep doing what he needs to do. So like James Gunn has just given all the power to Safran for now. So um, that's I don't, scary. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. But I mean, Safran's not a writer or anything. He's just doing all the business shit that needs to be done, right? Like, oh, we need to hire an actor. We're going to do that. Yada, yada. Because, like, does the writer strike affect actors? I would not think so, right? Um, No. Uh, but there has there is a lot of actors yeah. that were once writers, writers yeah. and are still a part of the guild. Yeah. So, uh, famously, uh, anybody who... Uh, watches Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. there is a character named Roy Kent which is like the fan favorite of the show Mm -hmm. Um, he started out as a writer um, and I believe he has written for other shows as well Um, and he has told the story before but like he was like writing the script and he's like oh shit I think this character is me and then like did an audition tape and then got Mm -hmm. the role um so there has been plenty of people like that. Um, a lot of people from SNL start off as writers, get onto the show, and then move on to an acting career. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think a lot of the actors will support the strike and possibly, like, either be out there on the picket fences some days and then also just not work on some days. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna work, but uh, we'll keep we'll keep you up to date on it and see if there's any developments. But moving on to more, I mean, well, I mean, there's no telling if this is ever gonna happen now with the writer strike. But Elseworld news and possible uh, people being offered jobs news. So uh, James Gunn did come out. Somebody asked James Gunn about the what is it Coates or what is the guy Danny Coates? Danny? No, it's uh, it's no. uh, uh, I forget how to pronounce his first name. Uh, but uh Tenahisi Coates or yeah something like that I, I'm not too sure we'll we'll find that name um the Superman movie that is supposed to be now was this supposed to be the Val Zod one or the Clark Kent Black Clark Kent movie it's the Black Clark Kent movie this is the Tenahisi Coates it's T-A-N-E-H-I-S-I okay uh Coates uh this is the like Black Clark Kent set in like World War One or World War Two yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently, James Gunn has read the script and he says, "Yeah, if if things work out properly, I think uh, it could make a good Elseworlds movie." No, I I think he said that he hasn't read the script. Oh, really? I thought quote. he had read it. Yeah. Let me. Yeah. He says here. Uh, oh, that's not. Could be wrong. Uh, let me try see. to see if I can find it. But I am I pretty sure I put it in the Discord. Did I not? Oh no, this is a writer strike. Yeah, I, you did put it in. He's okay. the quote oh, I, is, haven't read it I haven't read the script, and if the timing is right, that could absolutely happen. It would be an Elseworlds tale like Joker. Yeah, uh, I my pessimistic brain is all like basically saying that ain't gonna fucking happen, but <laughs> it could technically. Yeah, but it's not. Um, which I don't think it should. Um, unless it was like something really bad. Again, like I just, you have two black Superman right there. Yeah. Why do you need it? Why does it need to be Clark Kent? 
for me, I I get the idea of like wanting to push an Elseworld story mm-hmm. because of the popularity of Joker, because of how much the Joker made them. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense. Hey, if we did it with a villain, look what we could possibly do with a hero. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, what's in right now? What can we change? What can we make it more modern? I get all that. I understand why on paper this sounds like a good idea. Yeah. For me, I would really like to see Valzad. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see other Elseworld stories yeah. that have been within the comic book universe mm-hmm. that people I know would love to see in live action. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, I am curious. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Well, I was just going to say like just randomness, like within like Batman 900 that we just talked about mm-hmm. vampiric Batman Elseworld story live yeah. action. Like, yeah. I think that would be nuts for people to be like, Oh shit. You can go in like hard R horror story and then boom vampires. I think it would be, I think it would suck. <laughs> I, you said hard R, and I was like, whoa, where are you trying to get with that? Like, <laughs> holy shit. Um, I I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. If you... if they're tr- First of all, I just don't know... I, I, the, the Clark Kent part is my biggest issue with it. Like, you can do Valzad and stuff like that. Because I feel like if you're doing a World War One movie, and it's a Superman that is a person of color, there's going to be racial undertones. There has to be. And I think that's one of the reasons why they want to do it. Like, but why Clark Kent? That that seems like a Kansas white boy name. You know what I mean? Oh, it very much does. And for me, like I've seen this implemented also. Mm-hmm. Like, people of color have voiced their opinions on Twitter. I'm not going to say that I represent that because I yeah. clearly don't. But I've seen the argument made of like, oh, we've seen these types of movies in 12. 12- uh 12 years a slave yeah. like we've had that wave of movies before mm-hmm. like we've already had the sad times let's go with the good times you know yeah um and i would totally be okay with a story with heart a story that has these racial undertones to teach people a lesson like mm-hmm. i get that saturday morning special type of idea yeah it's just like i don't know like for me, the last war movie we saw, what, 1917 was was the last war movie? That you uh, and I both saw? Yeah. I think so. Uh, there's been plenty since. but Really? Yeah. yeah, dude, that on the Western Front just won an Oscar. I don't even know what that movie is. Yeah, what's well, about on being on the Western Front? <laughs> uh, that's, that's what the movie's about. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, that won an Oscar. I forgot who directed it. Oh, but shit. also, did uh, Dunkirk come out after 1917 or before? Before. Okay. So, I mean, there's a there's a movie that comes. There's a war movie every year that wins an Oscar. That's because it, it's it is and people it's history right people will always that's why there's always like a it feels like there's always an Abraham Lincoln movie that comes out every year <laughs> um and also like movies that have to do with slavery right like it's it, yeah. it, American history always like oh it's like we got to give an Oscar to that it's all like do you do you like we don't need to all the time um I mean freaking Will Smith was apparently in one right Chris Rock made a joke about it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like there's that 
Um, there's just plenty of plenty of movies that are happening like that. My thing is, is just here. I think this is my biggest problem. One, obviously the name, but it's two is I feel like we we know how the Internet is, right? The Internet's already we have we have people in our discord that don't like race swapped characters. You know what I mean? And my thing is, you're already I feel like you're setting that character up to fail when you don't need to. Like you mm-hmm. have a president Superman. Cause like imagine president Superman going to fight in world war one. That is cool. Yeah. I'd be down with that. Val Zod. Same, same origin. If I'm not, un- if I'm not mistaken, right. Falls to earth. Kind of all that shit. Pretty same much. Origin, yeah. You know, or similar. You could, even if you wanted to switch it, like just name them Val Zod and give them the Clark Kent story. Like I'm yeah. fine with that. Cause then it's like, Oh yeah, that's Val Zod. Like I know Val Zod. And you give him the Valzod suit. You'll make him handsome by giving him Michael B. Jordan. That same story. And he goes and fights in World War One. Like, that's awesome. Granted, it's going to be like Dr. Manhattan just fucking everything up, personally. So it's yeah. not going to be that exciting of a story, in my opinion. Um, and I also, again, I think that people would be scared, one, because he would be a person of color. That's People are still scared of people of color today, unfortunately. And he's a Superman. So, like... Although somebody like it's very hard for me to like, how are you going to how's that going to be a hopeful story? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just feel like because if we're doing World War One, when you do period pieces, for the most part, you usually bring what happened during that period. And people of color weren't well liked. Yeah. So I just don't you're, understand how you make it a, unin- a hopeful you're story. Unintentionally making Watchmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And if you're Snyder fans, it's just like, oh, yeah, he dude, did it. I, I think we're going to bring this story up, the whole uh, Ben Affleck thing. Yeah. But uh, there was a Q&A at Snyder. Con, I saw that. And some, somebody yeah. yelled out, hey, so uh, uh, the, it wasn't yelling it out. It was an actual question. They're like, hey, so with you making Watchmen mm-hmm. and then making your Justice League movie or trilogy, um." Was Doomsday Clock your ultimate plan? Yeah. Was the question. And everybody was like, wait, what? I And even Zack Snyder was like, I don't know if I'm familiar with it. Wait, was that the Jeff Johns book? Yeah. And like, apparently, like producers that are like basically best friends with Zack Snyder, they like walked off stage or whatever. Yeah. And stuff. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, well, what's hilarious is the guy that asked the question seems very sincere about, like, Doomsday Clock is a good story, which it is. I don't care how much you suck Zack Snyder's dick. That that Doomsday Clock is a great fucking story. Yeah. And so, like, and that's the thing that I just don't understand is Snyder fans, because of what happened, whether everything that, you know, has said that is out there is true um, about Jeff Johns, you can't take away him being a good writer. He is a better writer than Zack Snyder. Like, hands down, anybody that would argue that is missing half a brain. Because it's just what Zack Snyder, I'm pretty sure, has taken stuff from Jeff John's stories previously without even knowing it. Like, I believe so, yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll get into that because ugh, that that movement's never gonna die. And it's just like, Jesus. <sighs> um, but uh, moving on from the uh, possible Elseworld story. This is the next biggest thing, which we had some disagreements about in the Discord, is I posted something that I saw on CBR, because again, CBR is the general audience website. And it's 
this rumor, and this is a CBR's words, that Margot Robbie has been offered a role at the in the MCU, and people are saying that it's for Sue Storm from the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And Clay has posed the question, oh, well, this could also go along with the rumors that she's no longer going to be Harley, which were fueled by James Gunn deleting a tweet after he said he's definitely yeah. going to be working with Margot Robbie again. Yeah. Um, so let's get into this whole speculation. First of all, before we get into the Harley Quinn stuff, would you want her as Sue Storm? I so here's here's the thing that I'm very disappointed about mm-hmm. um when it comes to the casting of the Fantastic Four. Um, very early rumors had said that the Fantastic Four was going to be a mixed race of characters. Okay. Um that uh I believe Sue and Johnny were gonna be the same race because they are brother and sister. Um, and then Reed would be a different race from them, and the thing, Ben Grimm, would be a different race from them. So mm-hmm. it was gonna be a completely mixed race of uh cast of characters. And since then, uh, we had rumors of like Isa Gonzalez being Sue Storm, uh, Diego Luna being, of course, the uh, famously made uh, made uh, Rogue One, or mm-hmm. he was in Rogue One. He's in Andor. Um, he was rumored to be Reed. Um, there was other names thrown out there for Reed as well. And now it looks like every single character in the Fantastic Four is going to be white. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm most that's what that's what pisses me off uh mm-hmm. more so than anything. But it looks like uh and I'm not breaking any news here. This is this is the rumor and it's getting more solidified uh by the day that Adam Driver mm-hmm. will be Reed uh Richards hmm. and uh I think there is three names now for Sue Storm. There is Margot Robbie uh uh kirby uh what's her name that was rumored to be catwoman all those kirby? years ago ana de armos no 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 uh uh isa gonzalez no 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 uh the girl that is the oh she was in hobbs and shaw uh isa gonzalez no the, the white, white one the yeah sister vanessa kirby vanessa oh kirby. vanessa kirby okay yeah. yeah so vanessa kirby is also rumored to be sue storm mm-hmm. and then uh julie something uh no idea i know she was also in a star wars movie uh i can't remember her name uh shit uh either way there's there's three names um out of the three with adam driver i think it would be very interesting to see margot robbie in an mcu movie um i think that so far in almost everything that I've seen Margot Robbie in, mm-hmm. she is a hit. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen her in a bad role. Yeah, I mean, there was that one movie with the Tina Fey stuff that I don't think has got as much traction as people wanted. Yeah, she was in a movie with Tina Fey that they were in the desert or something like that. I don't know. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... I don't know why they just didn't go with John Krasinski and his wife. Like that was already a fan made mm. hint. Like you could have went with both of them and they're like extremely popular. So like, I don't understand why they don't go with that. 
and then you could have just cast the other two characters. Granted, I guess his, uh, you know, her, since she's white, the human torch would have to be white too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but everybody talks about it doesn't matter, right? You can just change it. So they could have been a biracial um, family. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Adam Driver, I just don't get the vibe that he should be Reed, in my opinion. So not with well, that like, long ass hair. He better get a haircut. So Reed Richards is very disconnected and very like monotone and flat sometimes mm-hmm. in the comics. And I feel like Adam Driver can definitely deliver that. Oh. Um when it comes to the he room, just looks so good in, in the suit, you know. Well, in in the big rumor with the big rumor of him and Emily Blunt, his wife being yeah. uh Fantastic Four, uh Emily Blunt said in several interviews, she was like, I never want to be in a superhero movie. Like, Ooh, I don't want to do that. Stuff. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, she flat out just said it. Whereas John Krasinski at the time, he had to keep it secret because he was the cameo in Multiverse of Madness. Spoilers for, you know, yeah. that movie that came out last year. She was Mary Poppins. You're telling me that's not a superhero. I mean, spoonful of sugar, man. <laughs> Dancing with penguins. She flies with an umbrella. She's essentially <laughs> related to Penguin. Like, come on. Uh, but he was like kind of, you know, dodging mm. the question, not really saying anything. And she was just like, no, yeah, never. Not not doing it. Whatever. Um, And I I would be OK with Krasinski like reprising the role. Mm. Um, But Margot Robbie being in the role, I think it would be interesting. Um. But I also need to know who's playing Johnny. And the rumor right now is uh, uh, the homeboy getting really popular in Hollywood right now, Austin Butler, uh, Mm. who played Elvis. He is now in the sequel to Dune currently. The first trailer just dropped while we were uh, were recording this right now. Um, He's he's gotten pretty big. Like, I'm pretty sure he won an award for Elvis, several awards for Elvis. Yeah. Uh so he's he's the big name for for Johnny Storm right now. He's my pick for Gambit. Mm. Can you do a Cajun voice though? If Gambit doesn't have a Cajun voice, it's a huge miss. If he can do an Elvis impersonation, I think he can do an Cajun accent. Mm. Very interesting. But yeah, so uh, to be honest, I don't give a shit about the MCU news. I only care about Margot Robbie continuing to be Harley Quinn. Yeah. So you think she is done? I think that if this is true, because there's two ways. If this is true, this means two things. Mm -hmm. Either she is done with Harley Quinn, she's moving the MCU. Or she rejected the offer mm-hmm. and she still has a possibility to be Carly Quinn. Those are the Carly only two up Har- Harley Quinn. Those I are the Carly only two Quinn. options. Yeah. But I think the, the with, with Margot Robbie, she has evolved in the Hollywood scene. She is now a producer. She is yeah. now putting investment in a lot of Hollywood productions mm-hmm. um, and her future. And so what way to do that? Oh, put put her name out there more, put her face out there more, mm-hmm. get more money. So that way she can provide that income to her other projects. And I think the MCU would probably be a good paycheck for her. I, 
don't disagree with the paycheck. I disagree with it being a benefit to her. And the reason why is the MCU is not going to give her like directorial credit or anything like that on any of those projects. I think in DC, they would give that to her. They'd be like, oh, you want to direct an episode of, let's say, Peacemaker? Done. You want to be a producer on these big movies? Done. Every Harley Quinn movie going forward, you're an executive producer? Done. I think they would give her that. And I think um, maybe that's the reason why she stays on. And I just don't think that she gives up Harley Quinn when she has been trying so hard about wanting to do the Ivy love story on the big screen. I actually think she wants to do that because that, you know, it supports representation. It gives her something else to do and it broadens the universe of Harley Quinn. Um, and like, I mean, Margot Robbie also said, granted people can change over time, but she said she'd be down to play Harley forever. So like maybe she's not going to do it for a while, but I, I think it would just be really bad for them to give up on like not try to get her to come back for harley quinn you know what i mean uh we already know from from what people are saying about this flash movie i literally heard the special effects guy i think it was a special effects guy say that this flash movie is going to make and i quote people forget about Ezra this is Miller's a wild quote like this- criminal activity <laughs> That is the most unhinged fucking quote yeah. I think anybody has ever said about any production ever. Yeah. I'm sorry. I read that. I was like, this yeah. is not the way to go, dude. <laughs> it's crazy, but I kind of said people are not going to give a fuck about that stuff either. So, like, I understand, like, him, because him, he worked on it. It's different for him saying it than me saying it. I will say that. But I, I don't think he's wrong. I do think there are going to be people that do not give a fuck. And they are just going to be like, that movie was awesome. Bring back Ezra Miller as The Flash. You know what I mean? I, I think if Ezra Miller can come back as The Flash, anybody can come back besides Cavill and, and, and Ben Affleck, obviously. Now, James Gunn has said that we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Like, you need to understand that as well. Uh Yeah. So we we don't know what's gonna happen. Wait but and that... see how much money it brings in is what he's saying. <laughs> um also I'm seeing that uh Zachary Levi cannot keep his mouth shut. Like he he's say saying some other again? shit now. I don't know, like something about like, are you guys ready for something? And he was like, Oh, here it goes. About like people getting chips put into them now and stuff like that to be tracked and whatever. And I'm just like, dude. Come on, man. Maybe we do get a new Shazam. Like, maybe that's just what we need. <laughs> Keep all the kids and recast Zachary Levi. Maybe we do that. Like, yeah. I'd be down with that. Like, let's give a... Oh, you... What, dude? It Fucking... Uh, what's his face? Chris Pratt. New Shazam. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no. Hey, if he could be an Italian guy... He's, that's supposed to be you know, saving a princess. Dye, dye his hair anybody. black, like as yeah. black as Zachary Levi did for the first mm-hmm. movie, where it yep. almost looked like fake and shit. Oh god, yeah, that'd be so <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think Margot Robbie's done. I just think that they don't have anything for her right now. But I mean, maybe she's going to be in the Waller series. So who knows? Um, that would be kind of cool. But I just I haven't seen enough to be like, oh yeah, she's done. So I, I wouldn't believe those rumors. I think everybody's just really basing all of that off of James Gunn deleting a tweet. 
And it's just like, I don't, I don't understand that, but it is what it is. Um, but the last thing we're going to talk about before we go into viewer questions is something very quickly that this came out today um, from SnyderCon, I guess. I'm not really yeah. too sure. But Ben Affleck talked about what he wanted to do with Deathstroke in the Batman movie. And he said he wanted it to be a complex, nuanced character. So, like, they wanted to go, like, deep dive, making this character, like, a badass, and showing that Batman could essentially, like, whatever Batman tried, this guy would just have the upper hand. So they wanted yeah. to make him, like, a really good villain, which I, I like to hear that, because that's what Deathstroke is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on... I don't know if you saw what else came out of SnyderCon or anything I, else. I, I wasn't paying too much attention to it. The The quotes here that he's saying is uh says right here uh there were a number of them that i was kind of exploring and the plans were to make uh an interesting nuanced complex characters in particular to the character you mentioned that being deathstroke uh i kind of feel like either you do and i'm just going to get into my own preference here but either you do a kind of massive one villain that is so formidable that you just can't imagine how your protagonist is going to be able to overcome it, mm-hmm. or you have to really sort of pop uh, populate kind of, you know, injustice, these big group villains uh, where you have to get all these different characters. Um, so he felt that the only options for a Batman movie were, you get one really badass, like complex villain, mm-hmm. or he would have had to go the route of like getting all of the Batman's rogues yeah. going against him. I think that would have been the very wrong decision. Yeah. Um, to just like lay it all out on his very first movie in the in mm-hmm. the DCEU. Uh the idea of a complex deathstroke. Um, I said this right before we started recording. Uh, and one of the main reasons why I would be okay with talking about this is for the fact that we've seen Deathstroke in animation, we've seen mm-hmm. him in animated movies, and we've seen him twice in live action television. Yeah. Um, one being in Titans, the other one being in Arrow. Uh, the character has been touched upon a lot within DC TV and animation, but he hasn't really been explored in like his psyche and everything else it's all been really surface level Mm -hmm. um so i would have loved this um if you really complicate things with him um i would love a deathstroke that you almost want to agree with Mm -hmm. when it comes to his reasonings on hunting batman or hunting down whoever you know, yeah. Um, like the idea, and I don't know if this is an actual story, but I could totally believe it. But like Deathstroke uh getting a bounty for a pedophile, right? Mm-hmm. And and him like hunting down a pedophile, you're like, fuck yeah, like go kill him, do whatever, you know. And then like then you have Batman like saving that person, and you're like, Oh, well, that complicates things because yes, Batman doesn't think it everybody should die, the justice system, all this. And then you as a viewer are like, well, shit, what's going to happen here? Like, how, who am I supposed to agree with at this moment? Yeah. Um, I want a story like that. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the pedophile thing, but just the the complication of, like, Deathstroke is a bad guy. Like, 
give him the Walter White complex. Mm-hmm. The hey, you're the main character, but you're not the hero. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a good story. Although I do think Ben Affleck thinking that you need to have a bunch of villains to be formidable to Batman is obviously he hasn't read a lot because I think anybody in the rogues gallery can be formidable to Batman, even though he uh-huh. has beat all of them. Um, so I think that was kind of a, I agree would have been a really bad thing for him to do, but I also think he just hasn't read enough comics. Um, cause he yeah. probably thinks that you need to have all these characters to do that. Um, but yeah, I think that would have been really cool. I mean, it does seem like the Deathstroke stuff would have been awesome. I mean, as I would have been curious on how that would have happened in a raid style story though. Because if we're not mistaken, the original premise of this was that it was going to take place in Arkham Asylum the whole time. Yeah, well, the the there was so many things that were evolving at that moment. Yeah, because we had heard that the Batman movie was almost going to be like a raid type of scenario, and then yeah. they're like, oh well, no, actually, it's going to be a Deathstroke series that is more like a raid type of situation. And then they kind of evolved the like they they mutated the two together. Yeah, uh, so it was very very complicated. But I think what would have happened is that you because you you can't have well I guess you can have a movie because plenty of movies have done it before, but like you wouldn't have had all of your screen time just on Batman. Yeah, you would have had these moments alone with Deathstroke where he is comp- contemplating on things and that's where you get a lot of the inner psyche of Deathstroke. Yeah. And I think that's how you would have gotten it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, would have been cool, but we're never going to get it. Ben Affleck's never going to be Batman again. And uh, it doesn't seem like he wants to be a part of that, which is very surprising that he would go to a Snyder Con. Like... it. My thing is the the tickets were all for charity like everything that you purchased like i think like a quarter of it went to charity uh mm. so it was a charity event um, a quarter of it only went to a charity no of every purchase within SnyderCon. oh yeah so wait so, so it wasn't all for charity then so like the vendors and stuff could still sell things and still uh-huh. make a profit off of it but their earnings a part of it had to go to suicide oh uh, yeah yeah interesting uh, but I, I think more so it was just like, hey, I'm kind of done with this. I'll just answer a question or two, and then mm-hmm. I'll be on my way. Because I don't think the Q&A was very long. Yeah. I just don't see, after all of these years, how do you still come up with questions for these people that you don't I, already know the answers to? I don't know how they do it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's Snyder, I used to like you, man, but you, I swear to God, you make me hate you more and more every year. <laughs> <laughs> because just come out and be like, I'm done with it. Like, I'm tired, guys. I'm not going to do SnyderCon anymore. Like, that's my life's past. Like, you know what I mean? It's just annoying. He's just keeping it alive to be spiteful, I think. Which I understand. Well, not only, like, also, like, let's be honest with you, like, with everybody. I think SnyderCon also helps hype up his own personal projects that are yeah. outside DC and WB. Like, Netflix. And But that's the thing, though. Like. You're only hitting your hardcore fans. You're yeah. not pushing it to the general audience at all. And yeah. I think that's going to hurt him a lot. Yeah, because you're not hearing a CBR talk about Red Moon or Rebel Moon or whatever. They're talking yeah. about what he said about Jeff Johns. And it's like, and that particular thing, whether you're somebody that's on the sidelines that likes Snyder and Jeff Johns, that doesn't make Snyder look good, in my opinion. Like, it's like, oh, you're just talking shit about that and not moving on. Like, you're Ray Fisher. You know what I mean? Like... 
it's just i don't know man i i don't know. i think it's i just want that to be over like every time it's still every time something pops up on my twitter mute instantly and i swear to god they come up with new hashtags every day um because i can't mute i can't mute fast enough yeah. but anyways that is all we got for the news there we are going to end with a bunch of viewer questions uh first being from discord which is Arwitz. what is your top three most ridiculous batman moments from the comics well there's this comic book called Batman 135 that just came out. It's a legacy issue named 900. And there was this moment where this new character, Red Mask, basically created all of the Jokers. So that is <laughs> one of my most ridiculous moments in comic books. Um, as for the other two, I mean, I would also... I think Zdarsky could take all three. I don't want to do that, though. I would also say Batman Falling from the Moon is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Odyssey has to take one at some point. I, that was, so... that was I was going to say that uh, all of Odyssey yeah. uh, is my first. Batman gets most... shot straight in the face, and he has a magical shield over his mouth. Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of written in comic books that... Although you see his mouth, he has a like a clear shield over it. You would think that would be filled with breath and perspiration. Like, yeah. And 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 how's he how do you talk through that? Like it's that was ridiculous. Um, what's another like super ridiculous moment? Because we could just give it to all of Odyssey because Odyssey is <laughs> out there. Um I remember you reading Odyssey for the first time. It was that hard. was funny. It was hard to get through. <laughs> I mean, it's like there is stuff like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths that's just old and hard to get through, you know, and then there's just stuff that's like bad and crazy that's hard to get through. And, um, you know, I I do try to read as much Batman as possible because there are even in the most ridiculous Batman stories, I think sometimes there's like a good little thing that you can pull from that story that is cool. And you can be like, oh, I could use that for a future book or something. Right. Yeah. And like, um, so, yeah, I think it's it's pretty wild. The third most ridiculous thing, uh, um, maybe uh, Blue Future Batman from Tynan's run. Ooh, yeah. That was pretty ridiculous with Snow Cone and Snow Bob or whatever the hell their names were. <laughs> that was pretty ridiculous. I'm sure there's a lot. We're just not, not thinking about them. Um, oh, uh, All-Star Batman, Frank Miller. Oh yeah, a lot of that. Um, yeah, depending on what you want to do there. Yeah, he. There was one moment where, like in All Star Batman, where they painted themselves gold for some reason to fight or to do something. That was really weird. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That was. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of crazy Batman moments. Um, I mean, like I said, it, it's like Fast and the Furious. Sometimes, like Batman has those kind of moments too. Uh, that's why Vin Diesel's more Batman than Batman. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's there's so many. But I could I could give recently all three of them to Zadarski. Easy. Yeah, I, I was gonna say uh just as like a quick like I would say Odyssey, uh All-Star Batman, and then Batman 900 uh for everything that happened there. But I did a quick search mm -hmm. um for most ridiculous things in Batman comics. Um, there is the time Batman created a backup personality, Beans are in Raw. Yeah. Um, there is the time Batman protected his secret identity with the power of trolling. 
Um, it says here. Oh yes, uh, I've read that. Yeah. In I'm trying to see which. Uh, uh, I forgot what a, book it was. It was a Grant Morrison book, of course. But he basically uh, is in a chat room. Like Bruce Wayne is in a chat room. Yeah. Like throwing out conspiracy theories on Batman's secret identity. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, oh, the time Batman wandered a wasteland with Joker's head. Oh my god, I forgot about that shit. I hated that ending too. It was me all along. Batman, yeah. the last night on Earth. Yeah, um, god, dude, Snyder yeah. really fell off. <laughs> uh, the time Batman thing. fought Elmer Fudd. Yeah, yeah, that was goofy. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Wait, was yeah, that the Tom King story or the Looney Tunes story? This was the um let's actually see. It, it doesn't say specifically. Does it, it look like says, does it show art? Is it the Looney uh, Tunes art? It's not the Looney Tunes art, so it must be Tom the King's. Tom King story. Okay. Yeah. Those stories were actually kind of cool because it wasn't just Tom King that did that, but I think Tom King won an award for his. Yeah. Um, but there was like a Luther one, there was a Tweety Bird one. Those are some pretty good ones. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's like some ridiculous moments. And then you can get into like the fucked up moments and shit too. Like I was just telling Clay that I saw a short recently about like fucking the two times uh nightwing was raped and i'm like i forgot about that shit i remembered yeah. one of them i didn't remember the original one which i forgot i already forgot the character's name but he was um that chick uh tarantula or something that she kills blockbuster um uh -huh. and then like she takes advantage of nightwing after that um yeah some wild wild ass shit man crazy like stuff. there's there's a uh, freaking when Batman gets sent back through time for freaking the dark Morrison set of Omega beams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff Johns making him a God on the freaking Mobius chair. Like yeah. there's just so many sh things that Batman has gone through. That's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's when, you know, you don't, you don't mind the idea of retconning certain things, you know, like, um, because like nothing's ever going to stay the same. Right. People are like, Oh yeah, they changed this. Like that's continuity. I'm like, dude, if, continuity if we're going all the way back to day one batman was kind of fucked has because yeah. i thought about this one time have they ever made a joke about somebody wearing the original bat suit like in and batman coming across them just being like a deranged guy have they ever done that i don't think so because i was like i always thought about that i was like i need to research that if that's ever been done because that, that seems like such an easy shout to the og like just some guy on a rooftop be like, I'm Batman, like in his fucking underwear with the red suit and stuff. Maybe Batman saves him or something. And he's like, you need to go back to Arkham, you know, um, that would be kind of cool. But anyways, don't steal that chip. Fucking that's mine, chip. Although he's probably gonna do it. I mean, I did this, um, but make it a million times worse. He created that Batman, too, probably. Um, all right. Going on from there, we got some stuff over on the UB tubes. Metallica says, I heard a rumor that Jason Momoa hangs Dong in Fast X. This got me thinking, what is the weirdest Batman rumor you ever heard? Um, um Cocaine so Joker was pretty, pretty I crazy. was literally yeah. about to say the yeah. craziest rumor that had everybody freaking out was the idea that uh the white makeup was actually mm -hmm. gonna be cocaine on joker's face throughout the entire movie yeah. that is a pretty wild rumor um 
uh, Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz fucking on the Batmobile. That was a, a wild one. That was a wild one. Uh, what else? Um, shit. I'm trying to think of if there was like any other wild Batman rumors. Because the thing that sucks is when it comes to comics, the rumors are usually true. Yeah. You know, like Tom King leaving Batman, uh, there being a black Batman, like all of those big rumors that have come out have all been real. Yeah. So um, it's kind of kind of hard to say. So it always has to be like a movie. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, the rumor of Joker 2 being a musical seems kind of real. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I think Cocaine Joker was definitely one of the craziest ones. Well, something was coming out with the, the rumors of what was going to happen in the DCEU. And wasn't there a crazy Batman one, a part of that list? Uh, wasn't I Nightwing going to be Batman or some shit? And like... I'm trying to remember, because speaking of rumors that started the DCEU, you know, uh-huh. the, the old rumor, uh, I think it was Young that posted it in the Discord... Oh um, yeah, all, it, it 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 was confirmed by Snyder at SnyderCon. Yeah, but this rumor went all the way back to 2014, mm-hmm. and I said I hated it then, and I hate it now. That all of the gods, uh, freaking Zeus, Hades, like all of them, were actually going to be descendants of Kryptonians. Yeah, which was which was going to make Wonder Woman a Kryptonian. Yeah, and there's like I still remember. Like the little freaking picture that the Screen Rant article pushed out there in 2014 mm-hmm. with, uh, I think it was uh, Adam Hughes's Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. her tiara had the Superman symbol on it. And I was like, uh. I fucking hate it. Like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. you're not going to make her Kryptonian. This is fucking stupid. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah. I would have hated that. Yeah. Um. I don't know how Snyder Bros like did they love that? I I from what I remember mm-hmm. a lot of people hated it. I don't remember a whole lot of people saying that they But that's loved before it. the movie came out, right? Like yeah. I wonder how they reset the reception was at SnyderCon. Well, I mean the entire rumor of Ben Affleck getting the role of Batman like mm-hmm. that was universally that was hated. Too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I hated that. Um, but then I was like, well, and then I got proven wrong. So, um, yeah, I have no problem with that. I, again, I never have a problem being proven wrong. Although I don't think you could ever get me on board with the Kryptonian thing. Like there's nothing you could do for me to be like, that was cool. Unless it's an Elseworld story where they're like brother or sister maybe, but then what the fuck about Kara? Like that's fucked up. Like it's just, yeah, I just don't think I could ever be on that. Um, but yeah, that would be the most ridiculous or weirdest rumors right there. Uh, Nathan says, would you rather have a two second line in a DC blockbuster or be the main lead in a DC dumpster fire? Why? P.S. Congrats on 1K views on the last episode. Way to go. I don't know if you, not the last episode technically, but the, the previous, uh, the Russo one, we got a thousand, over a thousand views. So, woohoo. All yeah. right. For a podcast, that's actually really good. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, I, let's see here. A two-second line in a DC blockbuster or a two-second line in a DC dumpster fire. Um, I'm not no, the greatest main actor. lead in a DC oh, dumpster fire. So you're the focal point. Oh, okay. So be either two-second line in a blockbuster yeah. or 
I'm the lead in a horrible movie. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you want to lean into my strengths, I'm not a good actor. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it's already going to be a dumpster fire, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Um. But if you also want to lean into my strengths, I am a podcaster. If I just had two random lines in a DC blockbuster, I think that would be the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so this is how I come down to the, th- the thought process of it. Name me a two line, a two second line person in a blockbuster movie that is really iconic. Oh, shit. Because um, they're usually the lead. That's a problem. You think so? Okay. I- I'm going to have to do some research on this. The only person that I can think of that would be, and it's not even this person wasn't a two second line, but they didn't have a lot of content is Samuel Jackson and Jurassic park. Hold on to your butts. That's really (laughs) iconic. Um, But he was in the movie still as kind of like a supporting cast member for a bit until he got eaten. Yeah. (laughs) Spoilers. If you haven't watched it in 40 years or 30 years, whatever it's been out for. Yeah. Um, but I don't know of a two-second line person in a blockbuster like superhero movie that says like one thing or something like that. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like that that people remember, you know? Because like there's yeah. plenty of people that have two-second lines, but are they memorable? That's my thing. But here's the thing: people remember dumpster fires. People remember the Mario movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> people remember George Clooney's Batman. So I think I'd rather be the lead in a dumpster fire because here's the thing. (laughs) Dumpster fires can become cult classics. That is true. And so I think I would go with the dumpster fire because even, even if it's so trash, you can still go to cons and people would be like, dude, how did you take that role? Like what, what was like your thought process? How was the like scenes? Like, how did you do that? And then you can just live off of fucking going to cons and being like, I was in that shitty Batman movie, you know? So I would man, you would forever just be like a Power Ranger. Yeah. They seem to be fine. They seem to be doing fine. So, um, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. That's hilarious. So moving on, Eduardo de la Cruz. My mother's name is also who would win. Joker versus Rachel Ghoul. Condiment King versus Sneeko. The Signal versus a Reaper. Now, God do you know who Sneeko it, is? I have to look it up again. Hold okay, on. so I have to explain it because you're not you're going to be able to look up Sneeko and not really probably understand who Sneeko is. You might have seen his face, but he's one of these Andrew Tate bro dudes. E. So that's here's the, the thing. first thing that pops up. I'm going to yeah. have to wipe my history. Hold I on. will say this: this is probably the most formidable competition or the most equal competition and i have to explain some stuff about sneeko with condiment king first because here's the thing sneeko had this thing with moist critical who's one of my favorite characters and he was all like talking about like yo i got your clips right here is this like famous thing where he pulled out a gun and he had his clips for his gun and moist critical came back at him in this video and was like hey dumbass these are not clips they're fucking magazines like he was showing him like gun etiquette and like people went <laughs> off on that and they were like oh fuck because Moist Critical had like an AR-15 and shit. Like he was like, these are magazines compared to this little gun that Sneeko had. So like Sneeko has a gun that he, I guess he could use against Condiment King, but he doesn't even know how the gun functions because he calls them clips and not magazines. Granted, that could Jesus. be lingo. 
But also, the one biggest thing you need to know about Sneeko Clay is not that he's just an Andrew Tate fan. Um, do you know what Cuties is? The movie? So uh, Cuties was that Netflix movie that was very controversial because it was those little children cheerleaders that had all the sexual content. Yes. Okay, That's I heard his about favorite the- movie. So there's that. And also, yeah. Sneeko has openly admitted to watching his girlfriend get fucked so he's a cuck and it didn't happen once multiple times he's admitted to that so sneeko is a guy that likes cuties which is what some people say is a pedophile-ish film if you're watching it uh he likes to see his girl get fucked he likes andrew tate and he calls clip magazines clips so that's what is going up. And also he's he threatens to fight people like Moist Critical, who says they would never fight because Moist Critical is like five six. And he's like, I know I'd get my ass kicked. He's like, but it's not gonna keep me from talking shit about you. Yeah. Um, but there's other people that want to fight Sneeko and he's running away from them. So this is the most equal fight I think Condiment King could <laughs> ever be in. I think this is the one fight that I may give it to Condiment King. It's the one I would not defend Sneeko here. So, like, I I would, if I had to pick between these two guys, I'm going for Condiment King. <laughs> um, uh, Eduardo, but, you've done it. You've done it, man. I can't believe it took Sneeko for that, though. <laughs> like, because it's not necessary, like, because, like, if tomorrow, if it comes out that Sneeko shot somebody, like, I instantly have to change my answer. I'm like, oh, Sneeko wins. He killed somebody. He like, I'm sorry. Um, but as of right now, I think this is the most equal. Like Aunt May would beat Sneak. That's the Aunt May would beat Sneeko's ass or Condiment King's ass. But I'm not even necessarily saying Condiment King would win. I just don't want to root for Sneeko. Yeah. And I so I would go Condiment King. So you've done it, Eduardo. I don't know how long it took. I don't know how long we've been doing this, but I would. <laughs> Again, not saying that he would win. I just I don't want to root for Sneeko. So like That's I would go hilarious. condiment king. Um, I think Joker fucking bodies Rachel Gould, but Rachel Gould comes back every time, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Uh, but so does Joker, kind of. So um, I think Joker bodies him. Um, and Reaper probably beats Signal. I think, but they have the same power. The Overwatch power. We're talking they about Overwatch dark, Reaper, dark, right? Yeah, yeah, they have darkness power. Well, Signal has light power now, though, didn't? Or no, he now he has darkness power. Yeah, he had light power. Yeah, yeah, but he also like, I mean, fucking Reaper twists and spins and shoots like crazy. So <laughs> I just don't think Signal's getting out of the way of that. You know what I mean? Um, I would go Reaper just because Signal. I feel like unfortunately writers have not done him well yeah. to be like, oh yeah. yeah, he can be. He's usually gotten saved by a lot of people. So that I would is go true. With that. And I, oh. I didn't read any of like the future uh uh outsider stuff that they had done. Yeah, the future where he, like had a where he had like an energy sword. Do you remember all that? Yeah, like, yeah. But he also didn't wear his helmet, which is kind of yeah. weird. I didn't like that. Like his his helmet's actually cool, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Moncray, would you rather have Ezra Miller, Oscar Morgan, or Chip Sadarsky on the podcast? Who's Oscar Morgan? Oscar Morgan. Let's do a quick search here. Um, yeah, I don't know who Oscar Morgan is. I'm curious so, on Oscar. 
Oh, so Oscar Morgan is the British actor uh-huh. who is uh, Turner Hayes in the hit CW series Gotham Knights. Oh, he'd actually He's- be the least person I would want on the podcast, to be honest. Because here's the thing, like, if I have Ezra or Chip Zdarsky on this podcast, I'm asking them hard questions. Like, I'm not throwing softballs at these guys. Like, uh-huh. Chip Zdarsky, I am asking him, why did you make this decision? Like, it was this 100% your idea? I was like, I don't agree with it. Yeah, you like, know? like, one thing that uh, Juice has always thrown my way mm-hmm. is, hey, if you were to ever be in front of brian michael bendis you wouldn't be a complete asshole in front yeah. of him would you and i said no because i would just never go in front of him and talk to him yeah um like f- for chip to be in our on our podcast yeah like we wouldn't just be like hey you dumb fuck like yeah you like yeah. no like we understand that writers have to go through certain things with their writing and decisions mm-hmm. and all these other stuff they have to jump through hoops they have to go through editors so a lot of the decisions that he makes may also be twisted through dc comics itself yeah and we would like to know that yeah i i think i would and i don't think this is disrespectful to do this um some people might see it that way but i would be like hey chip i'm gonna be honest with you i'm not a fan of your run but i would like to have a conversation about it yeah. and be like I'm just curious about some of the decisions you made, if they were 100% your decisions, all that kind of stuff. I think I would go with Chip out of all of these, to be honest, because I would want to know, like, why, like, what were you thinking, like, in this process? Like, what made you do this? Like, what, maybe I missed what you were trying to do. You know what I mean? Like, I would want to have that conversation. Ezra Miller, I just, I would be like, dude, what the fuck's going on, man? Like, how have, have you gotten help? Like, what's going on there? Like, I because some of the stuff you've been accused of is kind of fucked. And I think that that's the only thing I would talk about besides like, could I be professional and be like, so man, uh, yeah, the flash is coming out. You, I would be like, no, I was like, look, dude, I was like, there's a lot of people that don't want you to be the flash anymore. So we kind of need to get down to the bottom of that. And then we'll talk about the superhero shit uh, yeah. and then see if he goes off because if he goes off on us, oh, man, that is podcast gold. <laughs> So it's just like, yeah, Ezra Miller went off on us on our podcast, you know, money. And then, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I think in, in to have an actual podcast, I would bring Chip on. Because, again, I don't think Chip is a bad writer. I just think he doesn't know how to write Batman. Like, I think he's a I, I'll say he's a bad Batman writer. That's as far as I'll go. But I think he's done other stuff. That's great. Um, so moving on from there, Jason Todd. How do we get underrated Bat Family members, Signal, Bluebird, Cassandra Kane, etc., into the mainstream? Is the best route to put them in games, cartoons, and movies? Uh, yeah, I would think yes, so. Yes, 100%. I think that, uh, like, honestly, if that freaking YouTube channel would have mm-hmm. gone and done the Bat Family shorts that they were going to do before they got shut down, uh by by dc comics i think that would have put more eyes on a lot of these characters honestly um because you have the short-term like viewership of like how youtube shorts and and tiktok like that that con that short-term content that younger audiences really love yeah but you have these unknown characters so you would get more eyes on that um i think 
that uh, cartoons and movies would be the best way to go. Yeah. And then you do the introduction into the video games. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, do we really need Tim Drake and Gotham Knights? You know, you could have put Signal in there. You could have yeah. put even got Damien out of there. Like, yeah. you know, have two like Cassandra and, and Signal. And just say Damien and Tim Drake are going to be DLC content, right? Yeah. Like, you could have done that. Um, I think you do stuff like that. You have to, like, not give people options sometimes. And yeah. just say, like, oh, yes, this Bat family, they disappeared. And granted, I, we kind of hate those storylines. But if it's like, oh, but Batman's there and he's got a new team, like, that's kind of cool. Like, because yeah. you could do, like, a multiverse event where, like, the family got sucked into a portal and you're trying to find them, right? But for now, the people that need to protect Gotham are Batman and, you know, the rest of the family. So, like, you could do something like that in cartoons. Because the thing about cartoons is you can do whatever you want. And at the same time, like, if it's a hit, it's a hit. If it's not, it's not, you know? I mean, look at yeah. Velma. They're getting season two. <laughs> like, you know? It's yeah. any, anything is possible. Um, let's see. Uh, Alexis Barrera, I really like the Deadpool samurai, uh, samurai manga, which got me thinking, why hasn't DC hopped on? Would Batman be the best place in manga? Would be the best person to place in manga or in other DC characters better suited? Well, we both own, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, because you got it also. You I had the first volume. You have the first volume. Um, there is comics or sorry, manga that do have DC characters. So there is, um, I have all three volumes of uh, Batman and the Justice League. Um, There is also uh, finally coming into English print, uh, Batman, the bat, is it bat buster? Yeah. So they will be out in September on Amazon. I've already pre-ordered them. It is like Batman, bat buster, um, and then it's Superman eating ramen. I don't know what the name of the title is. Yeah. And then Joker, like babysitter, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. Um, in that uh, manga, Batman gets turned into a baby and then Joker has to take care of him. It's yeah. an off the walls type of concept, but I thought it would be hilarious. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going to be getting that one. Um and there are other characters. I think uh, Marvel just did an initiative to put more characters uh, out into manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're doing a Spider-Man one. I think they're doing a Doctor Strange one as well. Um, but it's really funny. Uh, in I believe I can't remember if it was in Volume One or Volume Two of mm-hmm. the uh, Deadpool Samurai. All Might shows up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. I will say this, and this might be a hot take. I don't think Batman translates well to manga. And I say that because manga doesn't really do the inner monologue stuff well, in my opinion. Well, certain mangas. Because it's not written like you normally would read it in American. Like, there's a little box, and it's like, this is what the character's thinking. It's more of a, like, bring, like, big letters, like you know this, or like, it's it's either big letters in your face or like small letters kind of yeah. like off to the side of the panel yeah yeah and i just don't think because like i've i've read i started reading that justice league one and batman just doesn't feel as epic in manga mm-hmm. although i feel like spider-man would be great 
So, because Spider Man could be wacky, he could actually make sense if it's in high school. Because yeah, Japan has an obsession with characters being in high school, but they're doing very adult things, which is very yeah. odd sometimes. You you kind of just ignore it after a while. But it's all like, <laughs> why are these middle schoolers driving cars and having gunfights? Like, is this America? <laughs> um, but like, uh, the thing is, I I do think that Batman doesn't transfer that well. Um, but I think other characters could like, I feel like, um, oh my God, the stretchy guy, I'm forgetting his name. Plastic man. Plastic man. That might be a good manga. Like I think because his character just looks like it's out of anime sometimes. I think that would be really cool. Um, I feel like red hood might be well, because he is like an anti-hero type of character, but I just don't. I will say, I just feel like they haven't got Batman right. So here's here's the thing. So there is a contraption that uh, Scott Snyder created, mm. uh, the Hellbat, oh, yes. uh, that he fought against the Court of Owls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, you're getting confused. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. I am getting yeah. confused. Yeah. Uh, that, not the Hellbat. That's not the Hellbat. That is... Uh, oh, I don't shit. even know if there's technically a name for it, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Cause it's just like he's getting into it, and he's like, "Get the hell out of my out house!" Of my house. Yeah, but the hell that has out of my a home. red yeah, symbol yeah. like that. That one had. Okay. I don't know if that has a so, name. To be honest. So, have you ever seen the anime Black Butler? No, but I know of the title, and I kind of know what it it is. But okay. I've never seen it. Think of Black Butler, mm-hmm. but with Bruce Wayne and Batman, and his giant suits. You can do that, mm-hmm. I think, in a manga or an yeah. anime. But I think the when it comes to that, I think I think Batman translates well as a serious anime. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could do an anime, yeah, for sure. But I don't think you could do a manga. That's, I that, just it, yeah I don't think it does that makes sense well. you know yeah well I just read uh, do you watch the creator Gigguk at all Gigguk no, so remember when I told you to watch Trash Taste those guys yeah so uh, he was um, he had more of an accent he's from Taiwan so okay. he was the like brown skin dude um, okay. yeah. he he is a huge like huge anime creator and he does like these in depth uh, videos on anime. And he has one on, like, is the manga better than the anime? Like, he did that whole in-depth thing. And the great thing that I never really thought about is he says, because I always think, like, I hate when people say, like, oh, I don't want a straight adaptation from the comic books. Like, I want something different. I'm like, why? Like, it's perfect. It's, like, right there in the book. Why wouldn't you just want that put on screen? Gigguk made a really good um comparison about like the one things when they do that it's cool if you adapt every single thing but you need to make sure that you're playing to anime strengths right like the movements and the sounds and everything that comes with that that the manga doesn't have remember when we went to go watch demon slayer and we got gypped according to everybody uh that said that went to go watch it remember that awesome scene when the ninja guy had got his arm chopped off and then they're doing the musical notes and he runs through everything. It's this epic fight scene, ends up like cutting half the dude's head off. Then Tanjiro comes in and fucking cuts the rest of his head off. Like yeah. that epic scene, it's one page in the manga, Clay. 
that whole scene, that whole epic major fight scene that's probably won awards is like a page in the manga. Jesus Christ. So like they added all of that extra shit to make it epic. And that's what he talks about in the manga. He was like, that is anime played to its strengths. And it made that particular page the most amazing thing you'll see in anime. You know what I mean? And so that could be a big benefit to a Batman show, right? Like Batman having these epic fight scenes, but you can't really, you can't really do a lot of that stuff in the manga, you know? Um, and I think that's what American comics do really well is showing progression. Some writers do it better than others, but mm-hmm. like Tom King loves to show the progression of something, right? Like the bit, yeah. the best thing you could do is the minute long fight between uh, reverse flash. He's yeah. just getting his ass beat for a minute over like eight pages of just like seconds or whatever, which is crazy. So um, yeah, I, I think, DC characters could work in manga. I just don't think it's been perfected yet. So I would love to see a Justice League Gundam. I know they made a comic book of it, but a Gundam anime, I think would be kind of awesome. So Uh, breaking news, Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Lee, the world renowned artist, writer, editor, and publisher has been promoted to president, publisher, and chief creative officer at DC. Oh, I'm glad he's not going anywhere. Because, but I feel like he's getting to the top. Eventually, when you get to the top, either retire there or you you fall. Yeah. (laughs) So I hope uh, you know. I'm glad he's a Jim. I'm glad Jim has stayed there that whole time. Like you know, he left Image, went to DC, and he's just made it his lifelong dream to work there. Have you seen the collectibles that he was pimping out for Sandman recently? The bookshelf thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's pretty crazy. They need to do that for other characters. Like, they need a Batman cowl that you can put, like, it's like the sculpture of Batman's head, and you put books in it. Well, like, I need need to actually see, because I'm pretty sure if Mm -hmm. you go to Jim Lee's Twitter account, his profile picture is still one of the stupid NFTs that they were trying to push. Of course it is. They're still pushing those things. I get emails all the time. Um, next up, we have Tiny Beauty. Does Nightwing belong with Starfire or Batgirl? Um, so here, this I don't know if this is technically a hot take, and I know pun intended. I think Starfire is hotter, but I think he belongs with Batgirl. So I would say that. Yes, and yes. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, the one thing is, a lot of people forget that Starfire, for a, a hot minute, was just a sex symbol. Like uh, there was literally the new 52 story Scott, where she was just fucking Scott Lobdell yeah. made her into like, Hey, like we're just, just going to have sex and not shaming anybody who just loves to have sex. Yeah. But like the way that he wrote her in the comic was just like, Hey, like, and, and the, the, why I didn't like it is mm-hmm. because if you're going to do that, don't make it a big deal. But yeah. he made it a big deal for the two other characters that were in the book. Yeah, uh, they he made it a big deal for Jason and for uh, 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 Roy. Roy, yeah, 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 because they were like, like stupid. yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, I slept with Starfire. And Starfire was like, well, we don't care on my planet. Like, we just sleep around. And so she slept with Roy, and they were like, oh yeah, bro, uh, you know what's going on here. And yeah. yeah, like, so yeah, Starfire, super hotter, but I think there's just mo- so much history between Batgirl. It's like Catwoman and Batman. Like, it's just, they're meant to be together. Because uh, I, so first of all, I saw somebody, and like, this is why I really don't like following Twitter comic book pages. Like, people that only tweet about, like, certain things. Like, I, I don't follow them, but they're on my Twitter account all the time. The, like, the Batcat poster. Like, there's uh, like, Mia. Uh, 
yeah, Mia po- posts a lot of great stuff about Batcat. So I like to like f- check up on the page. I don't follow it though. But there's like a Spider-Man one that has like Mary Jane as the the photo. And they post Batman and Spider-Man stuff. But it's always like, who's better? They said, who's more influential, Spider-Man or Batman? And I was like, I'm not going to take that bait. I'm like, <laughs> everybody, it's a Spider-Man account. So, of course, everybody's like, Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. And I'm yeah. just like, you're not even having an argument here. Like, it's just, y'all are all Spider-Man stands. Like, um, but anyways, they said, who's like more, like, who's better? Batcat or Brutalia, which is Talia and Bruce. And I was like, first of all, Brutalia sounds like brutal. And she raped him. Like that should just not be even a consideration. But apparently, yeah. there are people that that think that he belongs with Talia. That's and I'm just weird. like, why? Like, why? But there were a lot of people in the comments that are like, it's Bruce and Selena by a mile. Like, it just makes so much more sense. Um, like Talia. Like, what are her redeeming qualities? Is all I got to say. But anyways, uh, moving on to the final question we have here, ladies and gentlemen, is from Clay. Which of these would have fans hyped the most? Reeves Superman slash Keaton Batman crossover in the 90s, Harley titty scene in Joker 2, Deathstroke slash Batman fighting at the beginning of BBS. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I think the Harley titty scene wouldn't really do much because uh, Lady Gaga's shown her boobies before. Yeah. So, like... That's, I mean, if you want to look at them, they're on the internet. Go check them out. And that's not like leaks or anything like that. She's she's a very artsy person. She doesn't care. She likes her body. So that's out there. Um, a Deathstroke Batman fight, right? That has to be it. I, I think so. Uh, just because, like, Reeves and, and Keaton, I think that... I'm, I'm going to say a wild thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea if this will ever happen. Um, I think in the future we will see uh CGI AI Reeves mm-hmm. and Keaton in a scene before I can see we it. die. I could see it. Uh infinite crisis or crisis on infinite earth type thing. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. Um it can't be worse than mustache cavil, right? Like true. You know, uh but yeah, I, I think that will happen in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because the scene is always shared, because again, I, I'm pretty sure I've said that it's been shared multiple times on my Twitter feed. I saw it this week. The Deathstroke Batman scene from Batman Origins. Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah. I think it's it just needs to happen. And I think that would have made people more hyped. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I feel like a lot of movies don't end... I mean, there's like big fight scenes, but like depending on the, I feel like sometimes action movies don't play to the strengths. Like, like John Wick one, right? I love that John Wick one just kind of ended fast. Like he finds his target, fucks up everybody. The guy's like, Hey man, boom. And he's dead. I'm just like, that was awesome. Nobody, (laughs) they always let the guy talk and he just fucking killed him. Like that was awesome. Um, so like, I think with Batman, you need to, I don't know. The warehouse scene was great and it was super fast paced, but I think if he's fighting one-on-one, it kind of needs to be like a John Wick style where there's a lot of fighting. Then they take a breath and they're like, oh, we got to, all right, bro, this is kind of crazy. Maybe they monologue like, I'm going to kill you, Batman. Like this is your day or whatever. And then they go back to fighting some more. Like, I think that would be kind of cool um, because like, it doesn't need to be this hardcore, super blockbuster fight for like 
five to ten minutes and then it's over you know yeah like i think you can have it go up and down with, with deathstroke and batman I'm, i don't know i could be proven wrong with the flash right yeah. um but i mean endgame had a super long fight that could have done without some moments i think we don't need yeah. the fucking spider-man giving up the gauntlet to the cheerleading squad which is always the weirdest scene in that whole movie she's not alone yeah it's just so convoluted man <laughs> who was writing that chip zadarsky um but yeah anyways yeah i think uh deathstroke batman it's also bvs right like if you gave me that warehouse scene with deathstroke in it like insane so yeah that would be definitely the most hype i think out of all of those so Anyways, that is it for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because we already covered all the comic books. Uh, Clay, you got anything going on this week, man? Um, this week, um, by the time you are listening to this, um, which might be a little bit earlier because we are recording this, um, uh, the day that we should have been recording this, uh, which is Thursday by the time you're listening, uh, I am uh, over at Star Wars Alliance live uh, going through Star Wars Visions Volume 2. At what time? um i believe right before we're going to see uh guardians of the galaxy uh After? so it's no no uh before... you're going live early yeah oh uh, okay so it'll be early in the day um anywhere between 11 and oh sorry no 10 and 1 mm-hmm. um is when uh probably around that time so so 10 a.m central standard time uh is when we will be live at star wars uh alliance over at the geek first youtube channel uh we're going to be discussing visions um right before that i'm going to be doing a watch along for our patrons over at Mm. uh the gua um so i have a lot of stuff happening tomorrow which is absolutely nuts yeah Uh, and guardians is like three hours yeah uh so if you can't catch that you can always listen to the podcast uh, always go to the youtube channel for Geekverse and uh watch our thoughts there but i'm very excited for star wars visions volume two uh, so go check that out before you listen to our review yeah wait did you not go see guardians friday uh i did oh okay good yeah i can't tell you because i don't want to i don't want to your rule was to not true give any i also don't care about the mcu i will say that (laughs) so but i I, I, let's not spoil it for the audience i didn't know you win after all but anyways uh yeah i am streaming friday so central six o'clock central standard time definitely come hang out and yeah always working on shit that's all i gotta say but that is gonna be it for this podcast ladies and gentlemen as always he is fanboy clay i am juice wayne and remember batman is awesome News Weekly. <laughs>